Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Morning all. Well, a lot of it is budget related this morning in the newspapers. Gone are the days from years ago when the only things that people would be looking at with regards to the budget were maybe, will there be any few extra bob in my pocket? Are they going to put up the fags? And are they going to put up the price of the pint? It's much more complex now and even much more complex this year because of COVID-19 and the impact on businesses and lives. Um, it's just under 18 billion now, the size of the budget package. 18 billion on top of all of the other 30 or 40 billion that's already been spent with regards to fighting uh, this virus. Who in the name of God is going to be ever able to pay that back? Uh, I heard Mary Lou McDonald there refer to the budget generally as cat which I found amazing because I always thought that cat was a cork term, as in an abbreviation of that's cat melogen. But is it actually a national term or did she maybe pick it up from Donna or what? But anyway, the headlines in the papers this morning. Schlonta is a story from this morning's star. 18 billion to beat the virus and save the pubs. Uh, this morning's sun says, uh, spendemic. 18 billion spent fighting COVID. More health staff, more guardie, more teachers. But the price of fags and petrol will go up. An 18 billion boost for a long, hard winter as the males look at it today. They call it the largest budget in the history of the state. And amongst COVID hit businesses that are closed will get five grand injections. Um, and I'll come back to more of that when we drill into some of the detail on it. The long goodbye is a story from this morning star, as in the word B-U-Y. Uh, it's a very funny one, actually, that makes this morning sun, which is both uh, Michael McGrath and Pascal O'Donoghue's heads superimposed on the two bodies of the lads from the Young Offenders up on their bike. And they call it the Young Defenders. I suppose you got to laugh. But when you break it down and drill into it, as we'll do in a few minutes, this time. Uh, there's something for pretty much everybody in the audience, apart from I mean, if you look at who the winners and the losers are uh, I suppose the losers would be um, the people who drink, the losers would be people who smoke, and the losers would be people who drive motor cars. And you know who are hurt worst with regards to VRT and carbon tax, increasing the price of fuel and VRT and stuff like that um, and buying a new car? People who live in rural Ireland who have much longer commutes they'll be hit harder. But no matter what paper you look at, they all have different uh, supplements coming with them uh, on the budget. Uh, like, for instance, an extra fiver for people who qualify for children's allowance for families living on welfare and things like that. So I may well come back and drill into some of the detail, but just another few include the fuel allowance will go up as well. There's going to be an increase. Well, there was to be an increase in the pension age to 67. That's been scrapped for now. They're saying they're going to build nine and a half thousand new social housing units in 2021. But I think maybe a lot of those were promised anyway. And I don't think there are an additional nine and a half thousand on the promise. A moment of correction on that. 300 new teaching posts, two billion towards children with special needs. Susie Grants will go up by uh, uh, 1,500 euro. That's a real welcome relief to people who want to go to college and need help to pay. They're talking about 5 million extra home care hours, 100 million for uh, people on disabilities on top of that. The VAT reduction from uh, you know 13 to 9% that was being called for by certainly the pub trade and, and people involved in the leisure industry. Unfortunately, carbon tax and VRT is bad news. The commercial rates waiver continues for the remainder of 2020. Uh, people working from home will be able to claim tax deductions on utilities like your broadband, stuff like that. They're talking about uh, nearly 1,200 new acute hospital beds. Beds. The downside to COVID is 320,000 jobs will be lost in 2020. 
And of course, that is going to put an awful lot more pressure on uh, welfare and trying to find new jobs. They also talk about, the, I mean, the, the grant for business is forced to close. This is not a one-off payment of five grand. This is 5,000 euro a week, week after week after week. So the Christmas bonus features in many of the papers. Also, an extra week's payment will be paid to about one and a half million welfare recipients in December, including those on pandemic payment. But the only downside to this is to get the Christmas bonus, you must now already have been on the pandemic payment for at least uh, four months. Uh, but they are talking about, you know, everybody getting the pandemic bonus at Christmas time. So they also then deal in, drill into Cork, like various papers, the Echo in particular, where they talk about the tax on cars and the fuel increases and Brandon, an attack on, uh, you know, society, the motor, Irish motor industry around the year with me yesterday talking about it. Like, for instance, it will mean uh, about a thousand euro increase on the price of an average new car, for instance. But there are upsides to side with uh, a lot of funding been announced in the budget for Cork Roads, help for Cork Airport. They've signed off on the Don Kettle interchange, you know, improvements and things like that. Uh, hoteliers on side are welcoming the VAT reductions and the, uh, the continued extension of the waiver on rate like Conor O'Toole is featuring the Echo today. He's the manager of the Clayton Hotel in Cork. The Vintners in Cork are welcoming the budget. Michael O'Donovan will be on later on. They have a cautious welcome regarding the hospitality measures. We'll talk with him a little later. Um, there's also a talk in the papers this morning of other stuff that is non-budget related. One is a worry with regards to flu, I have to say, because there is a shortage of flu vaccines and it seems as if they're chasing their tail, trying to catch up. There are shipments due into Ireland uh, and they should have been here by now, but they're saying now they'll be coming in the extra in the next couple of weeks, and by the back end of uh, you know October, uh, you know pharmacies and hospitals and clinic facilities will have received seventy five percent of their requirement. But that's an issue if they only prioritize people with medical cards and don't allow those without medical cards cards access to the flu vaccine. What's happening in the UK then, uh, and also in Northern Ireland, is they are drilling down, or they're going to be hunkering down even more, because they're talking about half-term lockdowns in the UK, and they're talking about half-term lockdowns in the North. Uh, There's also worry that because swabbing may not be done properly, that a lot of COVID-19 infections might well be missed. The Debenham story from yesterday morning's radio program is picked up in the Examiner today, where the liquidators have secured an injunction and the protesters could well be uh, arrested if they now try and stop um, any of the trucks going in and out of Debenhams. And it's now official. Um, we Firstly, we know that Terry Wogan's an Irishman and from Limerick. He's been now voted Britain's greatest broadcaster of all time. There's not a whole lot we can do about that because they're not necessarily claiming him as Britain, British, but they are claiming him as a broadcaster in Britain. So I think we could be happy enough with that. Golfgate rattles on, particularly for the uh, uh, the judge, um, Seamus Wolf, because three times now he's cancelled his meeting with Ireland's chief justice and the Supreme Court judge himself asking, you know, could he be put it back? Could it be put it back? Could it be put back? Sooner or later, he's going to have to face up to it and, and sit down with his uh, with his boss and talk it through. So the papers talk about that as well. And also, uh, as you continue to chase, uh, if you are an Apple fan, they have now revealed the iPhone 12 
which means now that everything that came beforehand is now redundant and you need to go get yourself a new one. The Neil Prenderville Show. All right, lines open at one 104 106 For those in the middle, you know, somebody who is working with, uh, you know, a wife working or a husband working with two, maybe three children, uh, what's the budget like for them? Interesting email overnight from a fed up, disheartened and exhausted working mum. And she says, to say that I'm raging after hearing budget 2021 is an understatement yet again the squeezed middle income earner is completely ignored how much longer do the government expect working men and women with young families to put up with this kind of crap my crash bill for my three kids is 2300 euro a month even after the national childcare scheme discount which is a complete joke and doesn't even put a dent on what we have to pay for childcare it's a couple of euro a day we get complete pittance Actually, it's an insult to my family. My husband and I lose over 50% of our wages each month on tax and USE. We have a mortgage and bills on top of this. What are Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael doing for me after I give them half my wages and get nothing in return? The government is anti-family, anti-women in the workplace. 98% of parents who stay at home are women. That's because if you have a second or third child in Ireland, childcare costs become so astronomical, many women have to quit work to look after the kids because they can't afford the childcare. It's easily known that it's mostly men working in government who are making these decisions. What is the point in women going to college and having a good career anymore? We'd be better off on social welfare. We'd have more disposable income at the end of the month. The government are essentially saying to working women, you can either have a family or you can go to work, but you can't do both. But if you do both, we will F you, we will F all, we will do F all, I should say, to support you. To add insult to injury, the price of petrol is going up. So it will actually now cost me more to drive to and from work to earn a wage to pay for my childcare bill. My husband and I pay hundreds of euro more on the USC per month than what we get for our monthly children's allowance. So can't, that one cancels that out. The country's a joke. You awarded a Christmas bonus. You're awarded a Christmas bonus if you're long-term unemployed and couldn't be arsed working, couldn't be arsed looking for work. I'm not talking about people who have lost their jobs through COVID or legitimate welfare recipients. They all deserve the bonus. The government's magically found 50 million euro to give to students. This is a cynical move by the government to win over the youth vote, which Sinn Féin have successfully stolen from them. Where's my 250 euro that they're giving to students? And all the while, middle-income earners with young kids are taught to shut up, put up and pay up. The government know they can keep hammering away at us middle-income earners with young families because we're too busy working, rearing kids to get out and protest. I tell you one thing, I'm done with this country from a fed-up, disheartened, exhausted working mum. I'd love your thoughts on that very passionate email, guys. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Let's talk about it. But with regards to the budget, um, I'd say it'd be very hard in general terms, notwithstanding that email. I'd say it'd be very hard with in, in, in general terms, looking at that budget, for the opposition to lay a glove on Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens on this one. Let's find out, shall we? Donegal Lira, Sinn Féin spokesman in education and skills, Cork Southside TD. Good morning. Good morning, Nate. How are you? Well, can you pick any holes in that? Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's not with any great pleasure that I would identify weaknesses in this. 
and there are elements of it that I would welcome but I just want to pick up just on that email there. Please do, be my guest. Yeah, well like I mean I think one of the big points that that person um, that I think the woman um, was raising was the cost of childcare and I think that is probably one of the greatest weaknesses really in this budget um, we spoke a lot at the start of this crisis of how um, you know the pandemic had revealed how much we rely upon childcare, the value of it, and how unsustainable the sector was. That it's underfunded, the workers are on low wages, and that it's too expensive for families. The reason for that is because the state puts less money into it than practically any other developed country, and certainly than most European countries. So you would have thought off the back of that that there would have been greater support, there would be greater investment in childcare, especially, you know, like, I mean, with the lockdown and things like that, I think people realise the value that it offers and the important role that it plays. Unfortunately, that isn't the case, uh, and there's practically nothing for early years education, either for those working in the sector, for providers, or indeed families who benefit from it. In our alternative budget, we were proposing to reduce childcare costs by a third in 2021 at a cost of... 70 million, that's a significant sum, but I think it was necessary, as I say, it's become very clear that this is a sector that is absolutely at the pin of its collar. Uh, it's a cost that is enormous for parents. For, look, but, for lots of families, it's like a second mortgage. But how would you, how would you re- reduce childcare costs by a third when it's a private, sec- private sector industry? Well, I think in the short term, it's probably, like, I mean, I think, well, you'd be on about improving the wages as well. So in terms of all the subsidies that exist, and that is, I suppose, the biggest source of funding for for large parts of the childcare sector, and you would be looking to increase the unit labour cost, i.e. the wages of those involved in it, and you would increase the subsidy. But over the course of time, what I think in the medium term, what you need to be uh, doing is working towards uh, a more public system. No, but I, no, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, and, you, you, and that's fair enough. You'd build more public government-owned, state-owned childcare facilities. But in the short term, you would um, increase the wages of childcare workers by paying the owners of the creches more subsidy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and that, that subsidy then would include increased wages for the staff, but there'd be enough of a subsidy then to allow the childcare providers to reduce their costs. By well, it would be conditional on that. It would be conditional on that, Neil. Like, I mean, that they would be able to... I understand. No, I just want to understand yeah. how it would work. Yeah. Uh, so in yeah. government, that is a promise that you would make, that that would happen. I think it's absolutely necessary, Neil, yes, because, look, I mean, these are huge costs. They're crippling families. Uh, and it's also it, just the sector as a whole is not sustainable, and it's really, really struggling. And I know that there are people working in the sector as well as parents who are very frustrated by this budget. I think it is one of the big gaps. I suppose the other obvious one is like workers and families have faced a very difficult couple of months um, and very worrying times ahead. Some people have had, you know, effectively lost their job twice because their businesses, you know, closed, reopened and closed again in terms of pubs and hospitality. We believe that the pandemic unemployment payment uh, should, the cuts to it, should have been reversed uh, because we need to support workers and families. Go back to 350. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But then they talk about the, the, the disparity between 350 and those on unemployment benefit is too wide. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I, like, I mean, I accept that point, and I think in the longer run, um, we need to look at our welfare system as a whole. But, like, I mean, I think that there are particular circumstances for people who have lost their jobs, as I say, perhaps twice in recent times. These are supports that are necessary to uh, ensure that people can can stay going. 
I think we also need to be looking at business support. We are facing a very, very difficult few months uh, for businesses, for workers and for families. And I think we need to put in place greater scaffolding to try and ensure that people get through that. Like there's nothing um, in this budget really, so there's not, for people who go out to work every morning or for couples who go out to work. In fact, it's going to cost them more to go out to work with the cost of, uh, you know, with regards to the carbon taxes and things. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think, you know, the carbon tax is definitely an increased cost that people will, will see. They'll see it at the pump. They'll see it in terms of electricity. It's not something we agree with. We do want to see emissions tackled. Um, but if you are charging carbon extra and you're charging fuel costs or to heat people's homes, to travel in their cars, without the alternatives being there in advance of that. So, like, I mean, there's lots of people that the option of public transport doesn't exist. They can't afford to spend the initial outlay on insulating their homes. Uh, so ultimately, what is this carbon tax going to mean? It's just going to mean additional money out of their pocket. So, like, I mean, it's Pierce Darling was making the point yesterday that it's not a carrot-stick approach to, to the environment. It's a stick-and-stick approach uh, because people don't have the opportunity to or the option to change their behaviours, to switch transport modes, to, you know, to make changes to their homes, and they just end up paying the additional cost. So that is going to to hurt families. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we would rather see incentives and it's on that approach that we tackle emissions. Yeah, but there's hu- there's huge amount of incentives in, in general terms in this budget. I mean, they're talking about uh, 5 million no- more home care hours for people need care in the home. They've, re- they've reduced VAT to 9%. I went through it earlier on this morning. They're applying loads of money into people with from people with disabilities. Uh, lots more into special needs assistance to be hired. Nearly a thousand of them. The SUSE grants have gone up for college students. 10,000 new social housing constructed next year uh, fuel allowance increased for the elderly um, I'd imagine those that need it most are getting it well there's a few things there some of those things we do welcome some of those things we were calling for for quite some time I will say on the home health hours that they're not additional hours they're a re-announcement of hours that were announced prior to that and we believe it should have gone further especially when you look at the pressure that's on our hospital system if there is an alternative to people being in hospital beds to them being at home to being cared for at home then we believe that that needs to be taken it helps with the pandemic it helps people's quality of care it's what they prefer but this is a re-announcement of all so some of the things in the budget were announced in programme for government anyway Yes, or in things like the Winter Plan or indeed the National Development Plan. Like, I mean, there's no, well, there's 10 million additional capital spending for, for schools. Obviously, that's welcome, but like, I mean, they, they repackaged most of it. Uh, we were looking for 100 million so that there would be additional school buildings or the schools would be able to hire additional space if they're struggling social distancing or put in place modular units. There are things that we welcome. I acknowledge that, and I suppose one of the things that I was calling for in a document I launched about a month ago was significant investment in special needs education. I am glad to see uh, a thousand extra special needs assistance. I'm glad to see additional special education teachers, albeit that we would have gone further. That is a good thing. Um, how would you have done all? How would you have done all that? Would you just borrowed more than say the government is planning to borrow? Yeah, we would have borrowed a little bit more. We would have also, like, I mean, some of the things that the government is spending money on, or I suppose that is is costing the government money that we wouldn't have pursued. In fact, you know, some of the, I suppose, tax reliefs for the very highest earners that we don't agree with. So there's a number of decisions that we would have made like that that would have generated additional income as well as additional borrowing. Do you put up corporation tax, for instance? No, absolutely not. Okay. So there's no question of that. We support a 12.5 yeah. uh, rate of corporation tax and have for a very, very, very long Would time. you have introduced this astonishing uh, five grand a week to businesses forced to close? I mean, that, that's that's an amazing amount of money, isn't it? 
we would have taken a different approach and we would have taken a graduated approach. We would have taken a grant to 25,000 with a much broader criteria for those areas that were most affected uh, and 12,000 for um, those in the lesser affected sectors. But more people would have been able to apply for it than are able to apply for this current sector. Why do you think uh, the 5,000 comes with an asterisk like that? That's only for some, depending on their turnover or the amount of staff or something, is it? Well, yes, there are conditions on it, but I suppose the other thing that we want to do in terms of rates, like, I mean, or in terms of businesses, is the rates wherever. Like, I mean, it's welcome that that is extended until Christmas, but we think it should have been extended much beyond that. We would have said up until next summer, uh, because the reality is that we're not going to have a vaccine by Christmas. We're still going to be potentially facing significant restrictions. We're still going to have customers uh, and uh, consumers who are going to be reluctant to, to go into town to do their shopping, to go to businesses, uh, to, to do whatever they're going to do in terms of the local economy. So, like, realistically, that wage or the rates waiver uh, needs to be weighed much beyond that. Now, look maybe that will happen. We're going to have to keep the pressure on. That's what we intend to do. The budget is just a one-day process. There are things in there that we, I suppose, I believe our pressure ensure that they were in there, such as special needs education, such as the reduction in the pupil-teacher ratio. There are elements we disagree with. But we're going to be interrogating the, the finance bill and we're going to be keeping the pressure on over the coming weeks and months because there are still decisions that can be taken. For example, like I know that self-employed people are now able to avail a pandemic unemployed payment. They can work 24 hours and they get the lower rate, which I was looking for the number there, but I think is about 130, 140 euro. But for example, if you're in the taxi business, if you work 24 hours, that's not necessarily going to make it a living wage you between the, no. you know, if you work all those hours and you draw the 140 or 130 euro, that's not going to be a living wage you. So I don't think that that improves the situation for that sector. So look, I mean, on that particular issue, I intend to keep the pressure on with the Minister for Social Protection, with the Minister for Transport, uh, and with our transport spokesperson to try and ensure that we can get more support for, for taxi drivers. I suppose you mentioned Debenhams as well. The proposal there is clear. Uh, what the workers are looking for. People have tried to point to legal difficulties. There's no legal difficulty to setting up a fund for companies that are insolvent uh, for to ensure that the workers who are in those companies are paid. There's no legal restriction to that. The budget was an opportunity to do so. They didn't do that. And as I understand that Leo Varadkar is the big obstacle to that. What, what do you mean a fund? Like who would, who would, who would finance the fund? Well, I think the government would set it up in the first instance and over the longer term, um, there would be a small levy on employers, uh, depending on the number of employees you have, that would contribute to this fund so that this fund could be drawn upon where a company goes out of business and where the money isn't there. Now, you could dispute Yeah, that but I mean, this is much more complicated. This is, a, this is an overseas no. firm that's profitable no, in no, other no, aspects. No, no, I, no, no, I don't accept that now, right? The situation is, like, look... Like, I mean, there's the, the specific incidents in relation to this company and there's the overall issue and how we get a solution to it. In relation to this company, uh, there was an Irish company, there is a British company. The British company, I think, was very clever or you might say cynical in how it shifted some of the, some of the assets uh, to the British company and how it treated some of the online sales and how it ensured that money wasn't there to pay the workers what they were rightfully due. But none of that prevents the government setting up a fund to ensure that those workers who did lose their jobs, who have been denied their entitlements, and indeed are being pursued through the courts uh, by their former employer, which I think is absolutely shameful, there's nothing to prevent government setting that up with their own cash, with government cash in the first instance, and in the longer run, asking employers to fund it through uh, a small levy 
to ensure that workers always get their entitlements in a timely way so and in line with what was negotiated and agreed. I think it's a small thing to ask, really, that workers be paid what they were always promised and committed to. But do you want the taxpayer to pay it for them uh, in the form of a levy that would be imposed on... on oh, no, you want the employers, to uh, companies to pay it, which not, not unlike, say, for instance, an insurance levy that exists. Yeah, not unlike that, but obviously in the short term that's not going to be possible to do that immediately overnight so that these workers get their due as quickly as possible. So from the first instance it needs to be set up by the government and then funded uh, by a small levy and employers in the longer run. But the most vulnerable are protected in this budget. They didn't increase the, the pension age as was proposed. They gave more money for living allowance. I know, I know we're talking pittance here and there. Pensioners will get their double payment bonus. Fuel allowance will go up. Things like that, you know, even, you know, I mean, the detail of other things is pointless going into children's allowance goes up. Hot school meals program. They're putting five and a half million into a hot school meals program. Um, you know, by, by and large, while, while it is the job of the opposition to knock holes or to criticize, there's a lot of good in this, isn't there? Well, there are good things. I in mean, fairness. And look, I mean, I've acknowledged that, like, you know, but like, I mean, I suppose you, you look at the overall context and a lot of the, I suppose, the the things that we would welcome are things that we've been calling for for some time and indeed that we would have gone forward or the context is um, extremely low or negative interest rates, the opportunity to borrow, the opportunity to invest is a sign that people are out of work, the opportunity Yeah, but to bear invest. in mind, whatever you borrow will ultimately have to pay back by generations to come. So you have to be prudent about borrowing. Yes, but like, I mean, if ever there was a time to borrow, it's when the interest rates are effectively negative. Um, so, like, I mean, I think that that is uh, undoubtedly an opportunity. And as I say, there were okay. decisions taken by the government that would have been wasteful. But like, I mean, when you talk about the most vulnerable, I'm not sure I totally agree. Like, I mean, the pandemic unemployment payment was cut in recent months. That wasn't restored. Um, the protections that existed for renters in terms of prevention of eviction, they've been removed. They haven't been restored. We talked already about the increased cost of um, of heating and the increased cost of electricity, the increased cost of petrol, things like that. And I would say that I'm very disappointed with the approach in terms of housing. There's a, like, I mean, there was a lot of fanfare about it. This seems to be Darrell Bryan's approach, the big press conferences, and um, and flagging things up. He's talked about his affordable housing scheme, um, but really what we've seen will deliver about 400, to- 400 uh, affordable houses through a shared equity scheme this year. That's a long way short of the kind of things that he was talking about not so long ago. Mm, so 9,500 new social housing units to be constructed next year. Well, we were talking about about 20,000, and okay. I think that's the scale that's necessary, and it needs to be not just in one year, but it needs to be sustained at the long Okay, run. well, maybe you'll get an opportunity, even, but we'll need a general election targets, first. They haven't realised them, even their lower targets than we believe is necessary. They haven't realised them in recent years. So um, we will see whether they manage to deliver that. We hope that they do, but they should have gone an awful lot further, especially for affordable housing, when you consider that there are so many people that can't afford a mortgage, that can't pull a deposit together, uh, but don't qualify for social housing. We're hearing about it day and daily. Uh, and for those people, there are very, very few options, and they'll be disappointed with the very limited extent of this affordable housing scheme. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you for taking the call, Donico Lira, TD, on uh, the opposition's view on the budget. You're absolutely right. By text, text just says, please, Neil, children's allowance doesn't go up. Uh, it's uh, the weekly social welfare recipients that get the extra uh, fiver for kids. You're right. I did say that actually, that it was. Uh, a children's allowance increase for people on welfare payments. On women in the workforce, that email I read out, I couldn't agree more with that lady. I have uh, two master's degrees and a BA. I felt f- I was forced out of work with the cost of childcare for three kids and constant, constant questioning from others as to why I was working. And now I can't get back into the workforce. 
I was due to start a job in March, but that didn't happen due to COVID-19. I feel like I wasted all those years in college. Women are completely squeezed out of the workplace unless they have a very, very strong support system regarding children around them. Thank you for that. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Back after this quick break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. 18 billion euro spending budget to help us get through a long, hard winter. Perhaps a long, hard winter with COVID. What you really, I know they keep announcing the daily numbers, 811 yesterday, here I am announcing them, and 141 of those uh, were in Cork. Um, but I think what we really need to be watching, uh, as opposed to all of those positive cases, because for the vast majority of those people, uh, they will get very mild symptoms, some none at all, um, and uh, will, you know, generally speaking, sail through it. Not everybody, and that's what I mean by when I say not everybody, that we should really be looking at hospital numbers, uh, or indeed the amount of people in our hospitals, or the amount of critical care beds available. And I will come back to that in a few minutes' time, again, with Cork in mind. I know there's a national perspective to this, but also here on Leaside. So I have very worrying and alarming figures in that regard. But who were the winners and losers? Well, the losers yesterday were people who smoke. If you smoke, uh, a packet of fags now will cost you... Is there 20 in a fag box now? Is there is there 25? I don't know. But anyway, 14 euro for a pack of fags. And of course, motorists will pay more for fuel uh, due to carbon tax increases. So the, the losers really are, are smokers uh, and drivers, I suppose, by and large. But one of the winners could be seen to be hospitality. And it seems as if, according to the Echo this morning, that the hospitality sector on Leaside is giving a cautious welcome uh, to the budget yesterday. Uh, it could have been better, but it certainly could have been a hell of a lot worse. Michael O'Donovan is the Cork City Chairperson for the Vintners, owner of the Castle Inn, joins me by phone. Michael, my apologies for the wait, but good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, you how would you sum up the budget yesterday for your industry? Yeah, look, I'd say it's broadly, uh, we welcome uh, all the supports that came yesterday. A few we've question marks after uh, until we get the, I suppose the devil will be in the detail. But in a broad spectrum, uh, most things that we were asking for, they came and they've met us with. Uh, and look, it's really to get through the next couple of months when it's going to be so uncertain of what we're going to be doing for the next couple of well, months. Well, certainly one thing that you were crying out for all along was uh, the VAT rate to be reduced from 13 and a half to 9. Now, that's happened the you know the pandemic payment continues albeit 50 euro less and it wasn't reversed but this five grand payment to close businesses per week that must be a boon a lifeline for many closed pubs then Look, yes, it's it's welcome, but Neil, unfortunately, we don't have the detail of it yet. There's a lot of confusion in the last, I suppose, 12, 14 hours since the budget um, on it. Um, like, th- this payment is for businesses at level three restrictions are above um, where the business is closed or the turnover must be down at least 80%. But, look, we don't have much more detail on it yet. Uh, but if they did yet. close or they're down 80%, does it mean that the cheque will land on the mat every week for five Okay. That's that's one of the things when when the minister said it yesterday, we understood it to be cash payments, cash grants for the business. But then when you read what the revenue put up yesterday evening, it's a bit more confusing. Oh so, no, they're not going to be talking about tax credits or yes, uh, you know, it, it's going along that lines. Uh, if you read us from the revenues viewpoint, so look until we get the details of it, um, it's a bit hard to explain it. So we've, we're told that the details will be 
made available by the week's end for applications next week. So it sounded very good yesterday in in, a, in the minister's speech, but until we'll see the detail of it, it's caution, optimism on it, to be honest now at the moment. Okay. And 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 other than that, what is the climate and the outlook for the, the pub trade, those that do serve drink and those that do serve food and those that do both? Well, look, as you said it there, the, we've been calling on for, I think, now over three years for um, for the VAT rate that was increased to 13.5% to be put back to 9%. Um, and finally, yesterday, the ministers listened to it. Um, it's only until the end of December 2021. But look, I suppose we'll have to assess again next year how it's going. And hopefully there might be a provision to extend that into 22. Um, I suppose from the Vintners' viewpoint, we had been asking for a cotton excise duty um, in the in this budget we didn't get that yesterday so like we've about 50% of our members that do food 50% that don't so the 9% won't be relevant to 50% of our members and um, so in that regard it was slightly disappointing but look commercial rates for all were waived as well until the end of 2020 and um, we would hope that maybe going into 21 if um, if this pandemic will be with us during especially the winter months and the early part of next year mm. that um, that they might reconsider that because it's very hard to pay your rates if you're closed or if you're trading at such reduced capacity. Okay, so to continue um, with the rates waiver into 2021. Yeah, okay. Well, well we, at, mo- at the moment what they announced yesterday is it's just to the end of the year but we'd hope that that might be extended come closer to the end of the year when we know what's happening. Okay, okay. And can I just ask uh, how, how many pubs that don't serve food are actually doing the 15 people outside. I mean, are you doing that, for instance? No, because I don't have um, enough street frontage to do it, Neil. Um, at, uh, last weekend, by our calculations here in the city, there was 37 pubs open. Um, but the majority of those pubs would be food um uh, food outlets as well um, I'd say to, there's very few maybe a handful that are non-food outlets that are opening mm. because I think Neil it's, if you sit down and do your sums on it it's very very hard to make it viable if you're only selling uh, alcohol and you're limited to selling 15 people at a time 15 people like the, you know time, the pubs yeah. that are doing say 15 at a time is there a time limit on people um, look it Depends what uh, what um, what social distancing they're doing in the guidelines. If they're doing one meter social distancing, the time limit still applies. Uh, one one hundred and five minutes. If you're doing the two meter social distancing, our understanding is that the, there is no time limit. But I suppose look, we've seen uh, places are doing bookings systems, so they're trying to get people in out and trying to service as many people as they can in in their in their trading hours because uh, they have to try and make it viable and they also have to try and look after customers by trying to get as many people if they want to come out uh, to get them out and get them uh, through the door or through the I suppose the outdoor areas. Well whatever this five grand is and let's just assume for now that it is um, a check landing every week for five grand wouldn't that encourage more businesses to just close their doors now and just take that money? Well, well, just to be clear, Neil, it's up to five grand. So we'll go off your 2019 turnover um, and what you had VAT returns with revenues. So like for just for argument's sake, if you turned over, say, 200,000 euros last year, that was your turnover. Then your, your, your payment would be 238 euros a week. So just to be clear, it's, it, it goes off your 2019 uh, turnover and your... What, what so you, you need to be turning over millions to make the five grand threshold. Yes. 
we would probably need to be turning over uh, in excess of uh, you know two million or so to get towards the the five grand figure. But would, he, would that not be an attraction to some to say, I'm going to close the business, I'm going to lay off all my staff, I'm going to cut out all debt, turn off all of the lights, turn off the power, I don't have to pay rates, I'll just take the money instead. Yeah, but Neil, look, for every bar that's even closed, and I can testify to this myself, or any premises that's closed, you still have, your, you still have to have your business insured because we're commercial uh, properties. We uh, part your, I suppose, stipulations for your insurance. Like us, we have 24-hour monitored alarm system. You still then have to have your electricity on. Now we have the heating on as well to keep the bars uh, and restaurants, I suppose, heated and warm during the the these times as the temperature starts to drop so when you'd work it out it's it, like at best you'd be breaking even you won't be pocketing money out of okay. whatever money you'll and get do you, do you, I mean here we are now at level 3 and the UK and Northern Ireland are going to go into much more restrict much more restrictive measures in the coming days and weeks. Where are you on? Where are you with that? Do you think that we will need to move up a level? The numbers continue to rise. I mean, are you optimistic that you, for instance, even as a publican, will even open this side of Christmas? Look, we're, we're hopeful, Neil, because I suppose for most of us, we've missed out on the summer trade. Um, that's gone now. There's no point in looking back. But looking forward, uh, for most of us, we need to get open for Christmas to get our business viable because like, cash reserves have been burnt at this stage. So if we don't get open for Christmas, I'm really worried for a lot of our colleagues in the trade that we won't have reserves going into the early part of next year. But is I- it possible for one way to do that, to have a complete lockdown for a fortnight, perhaps? Well, look, I'm, I'm not an expert on it, Neil, but if, if you look at it, I suppose, from layman terms, the longer we wait to do this long lockdown, if we need to go to it, um, it's going to be prohibitive for us to get to Christmas because, look, ministers have told us that if we go up through the the, the levels, i.e. we're in level three now at the moment for three weeks, it takes three weeks to get back in level. So if we go to level four, then potentially it's six weeks for us to get back to level two because we need to get back to level two for to open so the higher up the levels we go the, the more weeks it takes to come back so but, but uh, Dublin's way ahead of us with regards to how long they're in level three and their numbers continue to rise yeah it's it's it look it's it's a real worry Neil I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an, a, an expert on it I'm not a health professional and we have to be guided by the health professionals but look I would say uh, we've look it, it's a concern for us because look we're 10 weeks to Christmas this week so if we go to level four it probably you know in what we've been told it takes six weeks then to get back to level two three weeks to come back to stay at level uh, four to get mm. back to level three and then three weeks again to get from level three to do level the maths two. on it like it doesn't leave much Christmas time does it no like uh, I suppose if we are going to go to level 4 we would I suppose in realistic terms be hoping that it would be this week to give us uh, um, an opportunity then to have our month of December if we go to level 5 Look, it's 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 a. I think it's 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 nightmare scenario for us, um, and I suppose for the wider economy because the wider economy closes. But please God, we won't need to get to level four and five. That maybe level three will work, and that we can get back sooner to level two to get open. We'll see what happens in the coming days with another Nefemeter on Thursday. Thank you, Michael. As always, uh, Michael O'Donovan, Cork Hi. City Chairperson for the Vintners Federation on Lee Side. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and I'll pick up on those texts after the break. Call the Neil Prender- 
Baskerville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Just a few texts. Uh, every person with a coal, gas or electric fire will lose in this budget. Ask coal merchants how much a bag of coal will be in the future. It's the same with turf and briquettes. Morning, you listed everything the government is giving away in the budget and who's going to benefit. But there was no increases in state pension for the elderly. They're the ones who are suffering worst of all in this pandemic. It is a disgrace. Morning, if the government gave a free house to everyone in the country, Sinn Féin would probably moan that everyone didn't get free Sky TV. They're always moaning about something, Sinn Féin. And Neil is obviously a shinner. Uh, why doesn't he just run as a TD for Sinn Féin altogether? He is their biggest mouthpiece. He obviously has forgotten their history and links to the IRA. Sinn Féin can only find small holes in whatever is, in what really is, a very good budget in very difficult times. Spoke to Michael McGrath, uh, who was the man behind the budget uh, on Friday with regards to it, uh, touched on it. Uh, we know exactly what the budget is now because it was announced yesterday. There's probably little enough reason to go back to him, seeing as we know on paper uh, what the budget will be, uh, or at least the you know the benefits or uh, maybe in some cases the losers of the budget. I think it's always good to get the perspective of the opposition, and that's all it is. If Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael were in opposition, I'd be talking to them this morning. I think it's a reasonable thing to do. Maybe you don't agree. Um, you remember Linus that was on the air on Friday? He was the man who refuses to wear masks, and when he's asked to put them on, uh, he doesn't do, uh, and many, many people were upset with him. Uh, and also saying that he's leading a bad example for everybody and leading a bad example for his children. I asked him to come back on the air after he went back uh, without his mask up to a shop. And when he was stopped at the shop, I asked him, would he please say to the person who stops him without a mask, I'm not wearing a mask because it's brainwashing. Uh, he's back with me by phone. Linus, good morning. Um, did did you actually do that? Hello? Yeah, did you actually do what we talk, talked about on Friday, yeah. Linus? Yes, I'm, I went in through weekend to seven different shops and outlets, okay? Yeah. And um, six of them said nothing. Absolutely not a thing. Not, nobody. No customer, no security guard, no one. I even yesterday in one shop went to security guard just for the reason, but he would see me and ask where he moved stuff from one shelf to another shelf to show me where it is. And he very helpfully helped at me and uh, said nothing, okay? No, the, the, you, the, the six shops that you went into where you weren't stopped, did they all have a security guard on the door? Mostly, yeah. Why do they have a security guard on the door? I don't know. But, um, I mean, is, going, it, is, it, is it to be monitoring masks or is it to be monitoring shoplifters? Maybe, maybe both. Maybe, maybe monitoring how many people getting in in the shop, or, or, or something else. Okay, you know? okay, could be that as well. So you walked through these six establishments without a mask, and nobody stopped you, and nobody said anything to you as you walked around. In fact, you asked for help from one member of staff not wearing a mask, and they didn't say anything. Yes, correct. Okay, all right. Well, I can't argue with that. And and the and the other one, were you stopped anywhere? Um, and in one shop. Uh, Man came from behind the counter and uh, he asked me to to wear the mask and I said I don't have to and uh, he said <clears throat> uh, it's a shop policy and uh, I said yeah it's fine this is my policy I'm not wearing mask and end of it and uh, he said so I will ask you to leave the premises and I said uh, you can't do it this legally. But uh, I checked with the lawyer then afterwards. Uh, that's not correct. 
they can't ask you to leave the shop on the grounds of not wearing mask. Okay, okay. So when you went up and didn't wear the mask and he asked you to wear a mask and you said, no, you don't have any legal powers. What did he do? Did he go back behind the counter? I mean, did you buy anything? He asked you to leave? Yep. Did you? you no, didn't... no. My, my son purchased uh, whatever he wanted to purchase in that shop and uh, we left. No problem at all. But um, I just want I just want to tell you one thing, okay? This yeah. is what they do. I'm not breaking the law, okay? Because uh, if you type in, as we speak now, um, mask wearing in Ireland, and uh, you open the citizen information page, okay? It's a media doesn't doesn't cover this. He doesn't say anything about this for people to know and everything. And uh, then it is a paragraph exempt, and uh, it paragraph exempt says uh, people who cannot wear uh, face coverings because of a physical or mental illness or disability or because I have covered that because you severe distress. I did cover all of that. But you told me that you don't wear a mask because it's brainwashing. Yeah, but it's locally for me. I hate masks and I don't like masks. And uh, none of us like them. None of us do. Yeah. And I'm I'm covered by this, but I feel severely distressed by wearing that. No, no, you did. No, 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 no. You told me Friday it was brainwashing. And that's why I said I want you to go back in again. No, 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 no. One second. I told you Friday brainwashing only after you said to me what somebody called me names. So it says what you can say to people like this. I said, I say so are you now telling me on this Wednesday morning no, no, that you no, have no, a yes. medical condition? Yes, it's it's a it's a medical condition. Yes, it's it doesn't have to be a medical condition. It says it would cause. Okay. It would cause anxiety. Is it? Uh, severe distress. Okay. I mean, I think coming on talking on a live radio program would would be something that would cause severe distress. But you're saying it's wearing a mask for 60, 90 seconds going in and out to buy something in a shop. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but it's, it's again, it's again your opinion versus my no, opinion. No, listen, I know that. And there's an ever-growing amount of people who are anti-mask. I understand that. I mean, I want everybody to have a say in this. But, I, but what's extraordinary is that six of the places that you went into without a mask, nobody stopped you. The one that, yeah. the one that did still served you. Yeah. Okay. And, and others are wondering, if, I, if we were to go to an Eastern European country, many of which have much stronger laws than us, and they have conscription in the army and things like that, uh, would, we be, would, would that kind of carry-on be tolerated in your home country? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure because I wasn't in my home country for the <clears throat> probably three years now. And uh, what, what, con- what, what, country, what country did you come before you made Ireland home? Where did you come from? Uh, Lithuania. Okay, so in Lithuania, if I walked up to a shop with no mask, there's a big burly security guard in there, and he said, uh, "I'm not wearing a mask; it's brainwashing." And tried to go in. What would he do? I don't know. Uh, you should go and you, you should go and try. I, I'm saying to you, I wasn't there for the whatever you know. Uh, even like you know, in the mid of August, uh, Stephen Donnelly says uh, we're going to introduce the fines: uh, twenty euros, fifty euros, maybe hundred euros for the. Uh, not wearing masks in the shops and all this. All right. And uh, when I saw those news, I said to myself, okay, weekly shopping just went up by 20. Yeah. Well, you're still not going to pay when you get a fine. No, I, if okay. I get a fine, I'm going to pay because, uh, because um, uh, I, live, I live in Ireland by, by Irish law, you know. Okay. So you will pay the fine. 
I'm, I would pay the fine because, like, you cannot pay the fine. If you not pay the fine, you go to prison. Okay, all right. And what kind of example do you think you're... Lead? But do your kids say anything about this? Look, uh, my my smaller one is, can't say anything because she's six months. Uh, my son... My son uh, comes with the different <laughs> funny comments and all this. Okay, okay. All right, I he said would, it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't need um, a phone uh, at school because it could be a uh, tracking device from government. <laughs> <laughs> I leave, I leave, on that point, I'll leave it, Lena. So I just wanted to update with you. Thank you. Six of the seven shops, no mask, nobody stopped them. Uh, one did, and you heard what happened in that regard. We're back after 10 and one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. What happens then, of course, when uh, there are positive cases in various places, including schools, is that the schools themselves have to shut down because of a shortage of staff. Uh, and that's the case in the Echo this morning. They talk about Skull Breed in Crosshaven, a primary school for girls, more than 200 pupils. Uh, has to shut for uh, a full day today due to staffing shortages because of COVID. And then within our hospitals, there are now no critical care beds available at the CUH or the Mercy. Uh, you can check these numbers on a, on a daily basis, and I've been doing that. Um, there are zero critical care beds available in the CUH right now. There are zero critical care beds available in the Mercy right now. Those that are there are occupied with people who are, um, you know, in critical care situations because of other uh, conditions. There is one COVID critical care case in the CUH right now, one. And also, from my interpretation of the numbers this morning, the amount of available general beds in the two Cork hospitals that I refer to, there are zero available beds, general beds available in the CUH, zero, none. And there's nine in the mercy. So those numbers are a lot more alarming and worrying, I think, than the daily positive numbers, to be quite honest with you, because as again, for the vast, vast majority of people, um, yeah, COVID-19 will be um, mild enough and they'll get in and out of it in a few days. But it's the hospital numbers that I've been watching very carefully. Um, that woman who emailed about the budget and cutting out the middle class workers is 100% right. Two euro a week for under 12s is disgraceful. It's an insult, actually. I'm 33 years old and working since I was 15 and I have two young kids. I can't find a house to rent over the last year for under 1,300 euro. And even at that, they're snapped up. I work full time and my partner works part time. We're making too little money to get a decent mortgage and we're making too much money to get government support. So we, like many others, are stuck in limbo like lots of other families in Cork and all over the country, living with parents with nothing being done. The money the government has since spent on COVID-19 posters and TV and radio adverts to scare people could have been spent solving the housing crisis. This is the main crisis, not COVID-19. The housing crisis adds to cases of COVID-19 because people can't self-isolate. I'm living with my parents and if I get COVID-19, I reckon I will have to sleep in the shed too much money is going down the drain with hotels and B&Bs. The only people gaining from government spending are hotels and B&Bs, not the families or taxpayers. I don't usually agree with Sinn Féin, but Mary Lou is right. The budget is cat. Thank you for that email to Neil at redfm.ie. If they could borrow 40 billion for COVID, couldn't they in the past have 40 billion borrowed to build more public authority housing? Like they did, say, for instance, in the 50s and 60s, I wonder. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Rory, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. A uh, lot of division on Linus, actually. Many people suggesting that he shouldn't be even left on the air in the first place. Uh, and anyway, you wanted to pick up on the fact that he won't wear masks, and you've been to Lithuania. Yeah, just just when when I heard him mentioned there about Lithuania, it's, it's a country I've been to. I think about four times, roughly. And um, like I can tell you, over there, I guarantee you, if they're told to wear masks, they're wearing masks. So I think he was just a bit in, inaccurate in saying that, in my opinion, anyway. You know. Um, just big. Um, like what would happen? Pointish. What would happen? Well, well, well. I I give you a, a, another example, a simple example, right? They have around coming into this time of year, right? They have a certain date where you must put winter tires on your car because of the weather conditions. If you don't do it, the garage just take your car over there. So it's simple as. So they don't. They have a low tolerance for for stuff like that um, from a point of view of their police force. So I would only can only assume that if you didn't wear the mask, you wouldn't be allowed into the shop. You would be told to leave. And and that would be the end of it, you know. And I guarantee you, I'd be very surprised if if if, if he tried it over there. To be honest with you, I so they wouldn't have, they wouldn't allow as much freedom of expression or choice as, say, for instance, we do here. Well, and certainly in matters like that, they wouldn't. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's a lovely, lovely country, and I don't, I don't want to paint the wrong. wrong no, but you, you, they toe the line know? more, is it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they're if if the rule over there is to wear a mask, then the people will will in general will do it. it would you know that would be the way they would be. Do you find it interesting, just before I let you go, that six of the seven didn't stop him? Yeah, that surprised me, to be honest with you, because, I mean, I've, any shop I've gone into, um, I've worn a mask. Like, like lots of people, I don't find very comfortable to wear, but I wear it to protect myself and others. Um, and, and that's the reason I would always wear one at this stage, because, I mean, I, I like anyone else, you go shopping, you go to a supermarket, um, then I would, always, I would always wear a mask um, Purely on the grounds of hopefully protecting others and protecting myself at the same time. Okay, somebody says that. Somebody, yeah, you're no. surprised what? I was surprised that six shops let them in. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. without wearing well, uh, the, there's an ever-growing amount of them now are just not um, um, challenging people because it's just leading to too much grief. Um, yeah. Well, I, well, I think what needs to come Neil, is, is clarity around the issue whether it is a law or not a law. Well, it's not. Yes, exactly it's, it's not yet. There is no. There is a fine on public transport and what have you. Yeah. yeah. But okay. Yeah, um, w- would you get off the mask story, Neil? Uh, masks really worked out well, didn't they? You are such an idiot. You see how devote. See how device of the mask story is oh it, it is um, and, and, I, and I agree I can understand it because I mean you know there are lots of people don't don't like wearing them and, and they don't feel they're out there if they're, they're doing any good but at the same time if you have a lot a lot of experts and, and, and we've all we have all heard them saying you know it's it's as much about protecting the person you're speaking to yeah, but like your mask my job, mask you know? my mask has got to be filthy I have different ones but God, like, uh, like they've got to oh, be well, I, I they've got to be on a regular basis, yeah like, I know, you know but I even mean, if you I do like they've got to be a breeding them. ground for germs well, well yeah like everybody else I will um, I have six or seven of them and I would put them in the washing machine at, at, at the appropriate temperature and wash right. them and not use them again until they're done you know and I think you know it's, if it's playing a small part in helping in, along the way to hopefully get the curve flatten this curve again sometime in the next few weeks then, then to me it's worth it okay thanks for that Rory uh, Graham is on line four Graham good morning morning Neil how are you getting on I'm good you're not very happy though what's wrong I know well I just don't think you should be giving air time to people Fair point. And, and tell me why. Um, because it's not up for debate whether they're effective or not. I mean, I'm not sitting there right now, but I'm inside in a school with 200 kids, including the uh, kids in the AFD special classes I teach, and we're all wearing masks all day, every day. None of us like it. Yeah. No one likes it. But you do it because you don't want to be a muppet who's potentially no, I, I, going to endanger other people. And I wear a mask everywhere I go. Um, um, I know, and, but I, I and, think giving airtime to it potentially encourages other people who don't. <sighs> 
I mean, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, I'm not so sure about that. Like, uh, like I can't say it for a fact, but yeah, obviously, like, but I would think it would. And also, when he, uh, the, those shops look, I can understand people not want to confront people because listening to Liz, I think he'd be quite unpleasant if he was confronted about it. Um, but personally speaking, I think they should ask customers to wear a mask if they're not going. You, to I know that, but you, you don't think that you them service? Refu- well, yeah, and one guy they did. Can legally do that and just say no? I'm not selling you whatever you want. Go somewhere else. Um, yeah, that's weird because he said that your man didn't want, wouldn't serve him, but he did actually end up serving him. So maybe yeah, business, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, that. maybe retail outlets are just saying, we can't be doing this anymore. We just can't be, you know, arguing with people. Like if they don't wear a mask, just serve and get them out of the shop fast. Like, but, but if you're doing that, you're potentially in the, Number one, you're encouraging that kind of behavior. Number two, you're potentially endangering the uh, staff and any other customers who might be around that person. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Or other people know, I walk into a Tesco or a local shop or wherever the hell else, and I ask for something, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm just going to get told no. There doesn't have to be a big argument about it or any confrontation or anything physical unless someone is bad yeah, on But what's probably happening is that companies have tried that and they've had customers shouting abuse at them and refusing to leave. Call the guards, call the guards, I'm not breaking any law, you can't. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and they're just well, saying, no, I, oh, I, to hell with I've it. Said it to, I, I've said it twice to people inside in Tesco. Uh, well, actually, I've said it twice where people got unpleasant. I've said it a couple of times and people were fine. What did you say? Uh, there was an instance where I was uh, inside Tesco. There was a bunch of people not wearing masks. I asked them, is it really that hard? They started effing and, you know, I'm not going to use the language they were using um, and threatening me and stuff like that. And like, just be honest, um, not to be much, but I didn't think they were actually going to do anything. Yeah. Um, so I just laughed at them and walked off. Um, I had another particular person in Tesco um, going up to get some cherry tomatoes, picked up one packet, had a look at it, put it down, picked up five more packets to have a look at them, put them all back down, um, and walked away without any cherry tomatoes. So I, I asked her, there's a seventh one there, do you want to give it a lick? Um, <laughs> I was a bit, and I wasn't very nice. No, but you got the message well, across. What was, their, what was their reaction? I'm very, in fair, she didn't react bad. I think she was mortified. In fairness, I actually felt guilty. Um, but I, I don't think she'd be picking up six or seven packets of something again. I know. Like in fairness, yeah, a little kid's going to be doing that kind of stuff. You're not. A, you look at something. Okay, figure. You want to see the date or something? Fair enough. But you don't need to see half a dozen bloody things. It, I know, but some people just find it st- difficult to stay in the moment and stay concentrated on what they have to be doing. You know, they like. Well, if you've got a mask on, it'll remind you. It should do. Yeah. No. And but I I do think that I mean you say it's plumbing the depths of tabloid nonsense. I, I, I not do so, think so. I, know, I mean, like. Shouldn't we know that there are people out there like Lena? Shouldn't we be telling these stories of shops now just ignoring people um, who aren't wearing masks? I mean, I think these are important I've, stories. I have an anecdotal story without putting Lena on the air of shops doing that. Yeah, fair enough. Of giving someone who is advocating nonsense, and that is what he's doing, like, and in potentially endangering someone, hopefully, obviously not, and I'm not sure he's not deliberately doing so, but it's done out of ignorance. He's wrong, and that's all there is to it. Okay, okay. Um, present the science that says otherwise. <laughs> okay, listen, I'll let you get back, and uh, listen, sure. thank, you, thank you for the work you're doing no with worries. the school kids in school. Appreciate that. Uh, don't I get paid for it. I know, you do a good job. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Um, tell him there are plenty of experts saying healthy people should not be wearing masks. Ask Dolores Cahill. Healthy people wearing masks and only damage their own health. Morning, Linus doesn't give a hoot about her elderly, does he? The guy's granny is probably tucked up nicely in a different country. Get him off the air. There's no respect for her elderly 
that built our healthcare system. Allowing him to boast about this is not on. The likes of him send his children into schools to mix with ours. Get real people. Morning, I run a large retail business in the city and the vast majority of our customers wear masks and people like Linus are the minority doing it to look for a reaction. I would not have any of my colleagues approach these people as they generally are looking for reaction and it puts my colleagues at risk. Coughing towards us, breaking social distancing is a general response. It's the guardies' job to enforce the law, not retail colleagues. Also, any retailer can refuse admission to any member of the public without explanation. So people trying to come up with excuses about not wearing masks is pointless. Just show them the door. Uh, there were people in Aldi and Middleton last week not wearing masks. I heard a lady ask the manager and he said, it's not a law, so we can't implement only ask and hope that people would hear. So mask laws, there aren't in existence. They're not enforceable. My dad has the use of only one long and severe COPD. He wears a mask. People that don't are so selfish and ignorant. They don't care about anyone else getting sick. He's teaching, Linus is teaching his children not to abide by the rules here. Well, I suppose the guidelines here really in this case, isn't it? Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, uh, there's a lot of scientific findings to say masks are not helpful outside of a hospital setting or a healthcare environment. The majority of people are reusing masks that should be disposed of after use. And they're also not washing the cloth ones they have. You can only imagine the germs upon them. My parents are in their 80s. Myself and my siblings are telling our parents to not go out and about at present. It's not because of the government advising it, but because we want to keep them safe and alive. Uh, With regards to masks, there's no proof they're working. There's also no proof that they're not working. Regardless of what I think or what you think, we should all just get on with it and be compliant to keep ourselves and our families safe. Wearing a mask, wash your hands and keep your distance from each other is not too much to ask when you think about it. Uh, I think everybody should be looking closely at, I'm not going to go into the, the minutia and the detail now because it's actually quite a complicated thing. But if you read up, if you read, read up on PCR testing yourself, you can see how vague and how confused it all is with some people testing uh, negative, positive, negative, positive again. There's all sorts of apparent flaws in the mythology that they use for PCR testing. You should read up on it yourself. Why does everybody think they're a virus expert all of a sudden? Even the experts aren't experts. Could people just wash their hands, socially distance, and don't be concerned what everyone else is doing or other countries? Children have adapted well, but it's the adults who are the ones that think everything is a conspiracy and they blame the government. How on earth are schools keeping the virus under control when they can't even control head lice, though? Um, You're saying a lot of different things there. Um, Everyone should go down to the old Mallow Road. The COVID test centre is frightening. People should see it for themselves. I had to get a test yesterday as I have symptoms. This is real. Well, I went up to the uh, orthopaedic just to see exactly what you're describing and I saw all of the cars queued up waiting for the test and it was eerie it really was in fact it was frightening to watch all of these cars in a line but at the same time i was thinking in fairness to people they're very responsible there they are waiting to get their test i was the person who texted the men that mentioned the elderly should stay inside but i did suggest that they do so for their own benefit obviously if the elderly want to go for a walk or whatnot then i certainly wouldn't suggest keeping them locked in either i would also like to add that i never intended to insult anyone however I was then on your radio program compared to Hitler and Stalin. That's ridiculous. These people killed thousands of innocent people, millions actually. 
I just suggested that the elderly stay inside for their benefit. My purpose of suggesting that was so the businesses could stay open and the economy could start to grow again. COVID aside, we're looking at a global recession next year and we should be looking at how to stop that from happening for all our benefit. I hope you can read out my clarification. Yes, indeed, and happy to do so. Actually, on the subject then of... Just as a by the way, because Hitler and Stalin did come up on the program yesterday. Did you see that Facebook now are um, upping uh, their um, monitoring with regards to their uh, online site? And they have now banned Holocaust denial posts. Not just Holocaust deniers who have been banned from Facebook, but Facebook now have also banned all anti-vax messages. Uh, So all anti-vax messages are gone. And Holocaust denial posts are now also gone. Um, I find it extraordinary that anybody could be a Holocaust denier. Uh, certainly if you ever visited uh, Auschwitz or, or Birkenau. I mean, I mean, on what basis would they say that they were built in the first place? Um, but anyway, that's probably a point for another day. But I just pass it on. How to get on to that? Um, oh, yeah, it was related to various posts on uh, on COVID-19 or what have you. Lines open at one 850 104 Text 086-8104-106. Uh, back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Uh, a packet of cigarettes went up to €14 Euro a pack in the budget. Mind you, John says everybody should be... Uh, should be uh, I've, Cigarettes should be put up by a fiver a packet, in my opinion, says John. A fiver in the budget. Everybody smoking should be looking to do one thing. Give up. You'd want to be mad to continue smoking in this day and age with all of the health advice. I think it's fair to say that anybody that hasn't started would be mad to start. Yeah, It's not the easiest thing in the world to quit. Uh, but your thoughts on that are welcome. Um, it's easier said than done, as the fellow says. Sersha says, I'm a college student living up on the north side of the city and the shaky bridge has been closed for a full year now. Tell me about it. I went for a cycle on Saturday just to see if it was open or closed and it's still... Looks, it's in place and everything. It's back. But it's still all cordoned off. Sersha says, it was due to reopen this summer. Still closed, as I believe the construction firm uh, who are working on the project halted the work. The bridge is an important connector between the north and south sides of the city. And it's a shame that it's still closed. For me, a walk to Fitzcharles Park would normally be 20 minutes using the bridge. Now it's a lot longer. Do you know if there's any updates about when it will reopen? I don't know, but I can find out. I know I touched on that story some weeks back, but it's probably a good idea to maybe check again so I can do that for you. And then lots on renting. Um, I do not wish to be named. We were talking the last couple of days about the astronomical increase in rental costs in Cork and the lack of available properties. I don't want to be named for my privacy, but more importantly, the privacy of my son. I'm a 34-year-old man who's been renting for 16 years now. I have paid out a small mortgage in rent in that period of time. 16 years ago, I could get a three-bedroom house for less than what I would pay today for a one-bedroom apartment. I work a full-time and a part-time job, amounting to 70 hours a week of work in order to keep on top of rent bills and support for my nine-year-old son. My son spent two years in a hotel thanks to the housing crisis in Cork. As a result of this, he was subjected to bullying from kids who found out that he lived in a hotel. He also suffered depression for which he had to attend counselling. A nine-year-old shouldn't be needing counselling. He should be having fun and making work for his parents, not needing to speak to professionals to help his crying and sleepless nights. But this is the country we live in. Thankfully, now, he has a small house with his mother and is improving. But I'm still living in a small one-bed apartment as there is nothing to rent 
and no help for a single dad as his mother is his primary carer and receives the help, which she deserves, incidentally, but leaves nothing for the struggling dads. My son has to sleep in a bed with his father when he stays over, which is not something that should have to happen for children either. They need and deserve the independence of having their own room and their own jobs associated with cleaning the room, maintaining their own room, loving their own room. Our children are deprived constantly by a government that has no clue. They increase the minimum wage by 10 cent an hour to 10 euro 20 when the living wage is considered to be 12 euro 40 yet they still continue to give themselves raise after raise i used to be proud to be irish but now i feel nothing but shame for what a joke of a country this continues to become if i did not have a son here i would have immigrated years ago and i would encourage any young person today to do the same once they get educated get out and that by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie Roger, that's very sad, I have to say. It really and truly is. I hope things improve for you. Uh, I heard you talk about the state of the rental market in Cork on air. I want to tell you about my experience. A landlord in the city wanted €1,300 off me for a two-bed house. The mattresses were stained yellow. The wallpaper was coming off the wall. The curtains had holes in them. They were filthy. The smell in the house was shocking. The wooden floors were lifting. There was a manhole in the kitchen and the bathroom was full of damp. As I was leaving, the person letting the house said to me, it'll be gone by tonight if I didn't take it there and then. Suffice to say, I didn't take it. I have and still have been looking for nearly a year now. And one final one here before I go back to calls. I rang a landlord of a property to ask about, to ask about leasing. The questions are so invasive these days. But today was a breaking point for me. The landlord actually asked me if perhaps I was pregnant. I've never met this person um, and uh, I spoke about us, our jobs, our current rented home, and yet was asked the question about whether or not I was pregnant. My quick reply was uh, with an odd tone. I said, no, but I said, I did not expect that question to be asked. I said, I wasn't offended as we were desperate to move, and uh, I loved the initial look of the property and its reasonable price, but I am furious that I had to disclose this sensitive information in order to try and win someone's favour. I haven't heard back from this landlord about a viewing yet, so I'm worried about coming on air to talk about it. The ad has been viewed over 1,600 times, the ad for this property, since it was posted this afternoon. So in the course of an afternoon, when a property went up for rent, for rent, it was viewed 1,600 times, and the landlord asked a potential tenant whether or not she was pregnant. I mean... We have sunk to an, we have sunk to a new low if they're the kind of questions that are now being asked. Back to the phone lines we go. Francis, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, just a, a couple of quick calls here. This is, um, oh, masks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'll just text in saying the people who don't wear face masks should be forced to sign a form saying they don't want any medical help if they pick up COVID-19. Stay with their beliefs that it doesn't exist, you know, and die wherever they want on the streets or wherever. Ah, yeah, but then you'd have... No, 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 Neil. (sighs) This has gone beyond a joke. We're riddled in COVID-19. Riddled? It's in the homes again. I also said um, you should name and shame... Well, not shame them, just name the shops that serve people without face masks. So people like me can avoid those shops. If it's done properly, the fools without the face masks 
can end up in the shops that don't care. Yeah, but the shops shouldn't have to be the ones telling people that they can and can't. Each other instead of the elderly. Now, I think that's very, very fair. Yeah, but that's 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 like saying to every single smoker that you have to if you smoke you have to sign a waiver that you won't get medical intervention or hospital care in the event no, of you getting cancer. It's not Neil. I was a smoker myself, and I'm still using um, an e-cigarette. Why isn't it the same? It isn't the same because you can smoke for the rest of your life and not infect people. This is a pandemic, and people want to wake up. And see, it's never going to go away unless everybody does what they're told to do. Just give it a try. New Zealand has gotten rid of it a good few times. Yeah, but it keeps going. You know, going. you don't have the likes of that going into shops and just to see will he be served. He's lucky he didn't come across me because, honest to God, Neil... I would have went straight to the manager and I would have announced if the manager didn't do anything about it to every elderly person in there to get out of the shop. Yeah, but maybe the, maybe a lot of shops have tried that and they've just literally given up because they're just... All the guards a few times and believe me, that could be the end of it. See how fast you'd like it if somebody went over to Lithuania? You'd probably be kneecapped for crying out loud, Neat. I mean, you know as well as I do, there are no urgent care beds in, in Cork today. No, none. No. Now, hypothetically, if you get COVID tonight and you get it really, really bad, don't you want to know that there's a bed there for you? Um, I would, yeah, I would. I mean, that's yeah, why... That's so wh- would I. Th- that's why I would be saying that we shouldn't be... We must pay for this over and over again. I'm not certain about what I'm about to say now. But somebody on the news on TV3, because it's the only one I watch, sorry, Virgin Media 1, um, said the other day about a nursing home up the country um, that they had had three deaths. I don't know the name of the nursing home, which your researchers can find out, and I don't know which county. But straight away I picked up on the fact that by the way, it was said, oh, and they were sending their condolences to the families of the three people. And I kind of picked up straight away. I was like, geez, I have a feeling they died in the nursing homes. No, none of those people were out, Neil. They weren't outside the door. It came into them. Yeah, yeah. but it came, it came, into, it came into the nursing homes last April as well. Look, do you know what? I'll just have to keep the radio off because, honest to God, like, it's just, it's ridiculous the way people are carrying on. They should all be over with Donald Trump. I mean, he likes those kind of people. The conspiracy theorists and anti-maskers yeah. should go over to Donald Trump. They should. Okay. I mean, sure, he loves all that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. All right. You know, get him to just sign. have a tiny, tiny bit of respect for the people that cannot fight this they don't have it, you know, like in my case, my pancreas don't work properly, right? No, I'm doing everything I can to protect myself. I protect my friends anywhere you I do, go. You know, I you know that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the numbers of deaths and positive cases, um, well, certainly the number of deaths um, turned out to be people who died of other things but had COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, right, you know because that. I'm diabetic, should I be dead? 
No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Oh, that. I know, but I mean, that's the way they're looking at it. People that won't wear the face masks. You know, well, she, she had diabetes anyway, you know. She was going to die. That sort of way. But uh, but you don't believe on the point of people who smoke that I they mean, should also have to sign it? uncomfortable, okay, with a face mask on. Believe me, when I come home after going out, right, and I try to stay out as much as possible, I live alone and I don't see anybody only when I'm out. When I come home, I can actually feel, like, dampness inside my chest. That's the only way I can explain it. Because I'm inhaling carbon dioxide. And, you know, that's the chance I'm taking. I'm not going to stay in every day and, you know, wither and die waiting for those fools to cop on. You know, and then there's the government. They should just find them because when he said 20 euro extra for shopping shopping each week. Because of the fine. That's a load of bull and you know it, Neil. I mean, it's your job to say, you know, you're talking a load of bull. Really, it is your job. They barely barely pay for their groceries, let alone paying 20 euro extra. Okay, let me keep going, though. I cover a lot of ground with you, Francis, and you're entitled to your... uh airtime, but I have others to speak to as well, including Alice, who's standing by. But first up, Bernice, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are uh, you? I'm just, just wondering if you had people signing forms, uh, wavering a waiver form for uh, COVID because they refused to wear a mask. Why, why do we, as a health service, treat people who have drug addiction problems? Why do we treat people who smoke, for instance? Why do we people treat people who, uh, you know, ruin their liver from alcohol abuse? Uh, you know, it's all of their own making. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, everybody deserves medical treatment, no matter no matter what. They all deserve it. Even if even if it was self inflicted, they're the reason that they're in hospital. In the case of cigarette smoking, for instance. Well, I'd be in hospital a lot over cigarette smoking, Neil. Okay, okay. So, talk to me about your own situation. Now, Neil, yourself and your colleagues were fantastic for me with the smoking. You tried everything. I did go off them for a while, and I was off them, and I was back in them. And then I was on to you again. And you tried again. Tried again. What and did we do? Did, what that. did we? What did we try? Kind of hypnosis, and you know. I never. You never tried me with hypnosis. You got me the um, the vapor. The which? The vapor cigarette. Oh, the vape. Yeah. Yeah, the one I was. Yeah. So I you tried. The, have you tried patches? Good, no, to be honest, but it actually broke. But the leg that man that came on first about the cigarettes. Ask him what ideas have he that he can help me to go off the cigarettes. Because I'm after doing everything. I'm on an, um, I have a machine at home, a nebulizer. I'm on loads of inhalers. I've OCD in my lungs. My chest is very bad. I've been on steroids and antibiotics every two or three months. Have you emphysema? I was actually in hospital in February and I reckon I had COVID. But they didn't actually see it, but I reckon I had it. Bad, you had it bad, like... I was very ill, yeah. I was yeah. actually in and they sent me out. And then I got sick at home and my sisters and my family actually came to my house, which I don't remember that. And I was back in again. So I reckon that it was COVID. Okay, okay. So you're on and all sorts of inhalers. Are you, you're on all sorts of inhalers and nebulizers to help you breathe. Yeah. Nebulizer. I mean, I do anything needed to go off the cigarettes. Anything. And the nebulizer is like, um, like a, 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 an oxygen mask. Yeah, yeah, I have to put the two tubes, tubes and stuff into it and I have to inhale it when my breathing gets very bad because I can go, my breath can go like. So, I mean, I won't. 
do anything. I mean, you just helped me. And I can't thank you enough and your colleagues. But unfortunately, I went back on the cigarettes. <laughs> so that man that did ring you about the cigarettes there earlier on, ask him to come back on. And he can tell me what I can do. All right, I'll see if I can get him back on. But uh, like you're, you're still, you're still smoking in spite of the fact oh, that you have a nebulizer, you're on inhalers, probably wagon yeah. loads of medication. Yeah, I am. So what do you what do you make of the price of them now? Fourteen euro a pack. They're actually, I get twenty seven a pack, but they were they're going to be nearly eighteen euro now. They come in twenty seven in a box, do they? You get twenty seven. You can get twenty nine as well. Christ. Right. So 27 John Pair Blue are how much? Well, they were 16.50 yesterday, but now they're going to be 17 euro. 17 euro for 27 pack up, pack up fags. Uh, how many would you smoke a day? Well, I'd never tell anyone that now, to be honest. Is it a lot? Well, I buy a full packet a day, like every day I'd have to buy a packet. So every day you will now have I'd to have find. To. 19 yep, or exactly. 20 euro, is it? Yep. That's like... Yeah. Um, it is, it, it is in, the, in the addiction, it is. 140, 150 euro a week or more. Yeah, yeah. But I'd rather my cigarettes than anything else. So, so do other, does other, thing, do other things suffer because of it, like, um, like food or heat or things like that? No, 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 no. So you can fund well, your... If I, did, if I did choice, Neil, and I won't lie, if I did choice and I know heating, I, and it was a pack of fags or the heating, I'd buy the pack of fags. And if it was, if you were starving with the hunger, would it be the fags before food? Well, it wouldn't be a great heater, to be honest with you, so that wouldn't bother me. You don't eat a whole lot, no? I wouldn't really, know, to be honest. So your first waking thought and thing is in the morning is, so, a, is a cigarette? Anybody that's out there now, if they want to help, they can help. I mean, I'm willing trying to try again so I don't know if there is anybody well we could try hypnosis I mean I'm really I will did you you cut down at all I mean have you even like you say you say you tried a a vape and what happened to that well it was it was good actually to be honest but it fell in the book so that's what I was doing I don't when I don't smoke in the house I know, but if you can afford 150 euro a week to buy fags, you could afford 50 euro to buy a vape. Yeah, neighbour, if you look at it, then if I go and buy the vape for 50 euro, I might not have the fags then. Just getting it all together, the 50 euros, you know what I mean? No, 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 that's not the way it works. No, no, Bernice, you don't, you don't you, understand where I'm coming from, but I do. You buy the vape and you don't buy cigarettes. I know that too. I know that too. But I'd be worried then in case I had the money for the cigarettes. And the didn't work. Didn't give me the satisfaction that the situation has given me. I don't know. Are you, I don't know. Are you even ready to give up? Pardon? I wonder. Are you even ready to give up? You know? Do you really want to give up? I do, Neil. I do. To be honest, I do. I do. That's yes, not. And uh, yeah. are you are you smoking? Well, since I'm asking me advice from the medical people two years ago that I should be off from. I tend to mercy quite a lot. Then. Fell the lung saying change the mercy. But you know that you know steroid, it could be on steroids and stuff like. Yeah, I mean, it, lo- it you know th- you know this will probably kill you. Like, why not? I know this. No, something el- something else might. You mightn't die, but there's a chance that you could. You know. Oh, don't you think I know that too? Yeah. 
And I shall be saying to myself, I have 13 grandchildren. I have two great grandchildren. I have eight children. So I should be, I should be telling myself, like, if I don't go off them. Do you know what I mean? And have you ever, how long, what was the longest period of time you were went without a cigarette? Six months. And it was, life was great for that six months? Well, I mean, it was, must have been tough at the start, but how were those six months? I mean, were you, did you have uh, withdrawal? Four weeks were hard, but I did in the end. And then, do you know what, what it was? Something happened and the first thing I went for was a cigarette. Something what? Something triggered me off. And the first thing I picked up then when I didn't pick it up, I got enough someone who was alongside of me, a cigarette. Something triggered it, yeah. Yeah. And did you start did so, you start very young, yeah? I didn't left I was eighteen, nineteen. I started smoking. So how and long? I died lung cancer. From cigarettes. So Okay, that man who's doing all the talking this morning. Would you come back on the air? Because it's not that easy to give up your sin. Yeah, it's not that easy, no. no. Yeah. And you said it yourself earlier on. Fair play to you. Yeah. You it's said e- to that man yourself earlier on. It's easier, to easy, tell like. somebody, it's easier to tell somebody not to start, I think, than it is to tell somebody to give up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're the right words. Yeah. You've said it. You've said it all there knowing that. Yeah. Listen, if there's oh. somebody if there's somebody that wishes to help you, I'm sure they'll get in touch with me. Um, no, absolutely. And indeed, thank you for everything, though. So, you well. so you'll still be able to find the extra money if it goes to, say, 20 euro for a pack of 27. I would, yeah. yeah. I would. I would. How, yeah. how, I mean, like, are you working? I am. So you're working for fags? Exactly. Sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is very sad, isn't it? You're working to earn money to buy cigarettes. To buy my cigarettes. So your life, your life really evolves around cigarettes. Around cigarettes. And a supply of them. Well, if you ask me if I want to go about socialising, to have a drink, or would I like a pack of cigarettes, and I tell you the cigarettes would come first. I know. Okay. All right. All right. Listen, um, I could well be back to you. Never know. We'll see what happens. All right, Bernice? Okay. Thanks very much for accepting the call. Not at all. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Line six, we go. Alice. Hi, Neil. Uh, massive response actually to rental prices. Reams of texts and emails. Uh, amongst them was yours, where you were asked, and thank you for coming on. You were asked by a, a landlord with a property to let if you were pregnant. Yeah. How, how, um, how was that on the phone or what? Yeah, it was. It was on the phone. Um, I'm still shocked that that question was even asked. Um, now, I mean, obviously for multiple people in the country, never mind just the county, I mean, people I'd say between, you know, late 20s, early 30s, trying to get a mortgage, trying to get a deposit together. And once you're stuck in the rental market, you can't get out of it because you can't actually manage to put that money aside That's to right. save. Yeah. 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 Um, so obviously we're all in the same boat trying to find somewhere that's reasonable enough that we can actually put a couple of quid away to start on, you know, putting a few, uh, something away towards a mortgage. Um, so we've kind of set our budget and anything below that budget, we're getting in touch with people because just where we're living at the moment, we're miserable. Um, we're sleeping with pillows on our heads. We're sleeping with earplugs. It's another story for another day. It's loud. <laughs> it's so you've got loud neighbours or something then. It's actually a commercial property that opened after we moved in. Um, and they're just no help and the landlord's no help. So we basically, between the commercial property and the landlord, they're just suggesting move. 
um, which is ridiculous, obviously. Um, but anyway, that's perhaps a story for another day. You're right there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so found this property yesterday. Um, I think it was only online maybe a couple of minutes um, because I got a notification about it to say it was under our budget, which you can set on on the app. Um, so rang straight away. Um, I, I, I'm under the impression I was the first caller um, for the simple fact that, you know, it was quite um, casual conversation. It seems more like an interview process at this stage. So talk me, through the, talk me through the process of the conversation questions. So basically the first thing someone positions to you, and it's the same question every time, is tell me a bit about yourself. So you start going in depth about, you know, who I am, who my husband is, where we work, uh, what we're doing why we're moving, and then the question came up is, are you pregnant? And I was like, uh, no. This person who asked you these questions now, the person who owns the properties, was that a man or a woman? It was a woman. A woman asked you, were you pregnant? Yeah. Ooh. Why does that seem even worse to me? Yeah, um, do you know, I wasn't actually, once I saw you post that last night, I, I messaged the page and I said, look, this happened, and I was obviously afraid to go on air knowing that this person has our details. Um, but based on the fact that, you know, the more I thought about it, the more annoyed I was getting. And I spoke to my mum about it last night and she was furious. And she, uh, both of us now are in the same boat. Like, how dare someone actually ask that question? But like, when she asked it, like, okay, so when she asked it, what did you say? I, I said, no, I didn't. I was completely unprepared for it. Um, and it was that really odd tone, which was um, no. Um, and the person on the other end of the phone was like, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm sorry if it was rude. I was like, well, I said, I didn't expect that question in this setting. And it was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to be rude. I said, well, that's the kind of question my mum asks me every time I visit her at home, but not in this setting. <laughs> Alice. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, but yeah. like, it, it, I mean, I've, we've been through a couple of different ads now. As of recent, we're more like focused on doing this um, since, um, as they're starting to come back up a bit more often. Um, but like, there's also um, a, a property agent in Cork as well who sends you a virtual viewing link and then sends you a series of questions in the email and only to reply to these questions if you're interested based on the viewing. Um, and they ask you straight out, what's your income? What's your gross annual income of each person in this household? Do you think that's unreasonable that a landlord or a letting company should ask on behalf of a landlord so that that landlord ultimately doesn't get, you know, lumped with someone who's in uh, precarious employment or that their wage won't make the rent? Um, I think it is unreasonable like a, to be asking those questions. No, that's but, extremely invasive. No, no, but you see, a bank will ask you that, like yeah. if you're looking oh, yeah, for a mortgage. A mortgage. You know, there's a, yeah. so so I, I can understand there's a, you know, people need to be risk adverse, you know? Yeah, I, I like I would understand it for a mortgage setting, okay. but at the end of the day, if you're renting a property, like the most important thing that a landlord needs to know is what kind of a tenant have you been in the past? Do you have references? And are you able to pay? Do you have a full-time job? Okay, so you would have so, a, you also like, have oh, an issue with somebody asking your income, but not as big an issue as somebody asking you whether or not you're pregnant, like because yeah, that's huge. Yeah, like in an interview setting where you're going for a job, it would be unheard of for an interviewer to yeah. ask a woman if she were pregnant. Yeah, never mind. Actually, you know the fact that I'm working full time and permanent job, both of us unaffected by COVID, essential workers, and that we've paid our way all the years over you know, in Cork, in multiple properties. 
um, and looking for long-term lease with any other place we've been in. Like, it's not a far stretch of the imagination to think about what the next question would be. Are you pregnant? Yeah. You say no. And then she says, do you, do you intend getting pregnant? It, the conversation kind of went that way, actually. <laughs> and it got extremely awkward. <laughs> <sighs> and are you bothered at all that it's a woman asking another woman this question? It, it was kind of played off as if it was, you know, a concerned, another concerned person to another, afraid for one pregnant woman being alone in an isolated area. But that's exactly why we applied for the ad. We're looking for a nice, quiet place. Ah, no, she didn't ask you that. That wasn't the reason no, she asked you no, that. No, she, 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 she said that was the reason why. Oh, it's an isolated house and a pregnant woman would be what? She would be, she would be concerned with the pregnant woman by herself being so isolated and alone in the area. You don't think it's that she doesn't want small kids in her house? That too, but she didn't suggest that. I think that was maybe her get-out-of-jail card. Possibly, yeah. It kind of swung that way and it got extremely awkward. Um, Did you hear anything back? I haven't heard anything, no. Um, The ad has been viewed now nearly 2,500 times. I checked it before the call. So it was 1,600 times when you sent me the messages messages and it's gone to 2,500 now since. And how much, not all of those will get a, a callback, like, clearly. No, but I think just yesterday it really broke the camera's back, that question. I mean, it's so invasive. Um, but, I mean, really, it's just, it's none of their business. I, like, it, it, it begs the question then if, say, six months down the line, the situation's changed and, wow, I'm pregnant, that's fantastic. But where do I stand then? Am I afraid to tell this person that I am? Or no, no, stuff? no, not you know at all. That kind of way? No, not at all. To be looking no. at that situation, was that the reason as to why the question was asked? It's anti, to ask a question of that is anti-woman. Yeah. It's, it's actually quite sexist. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be dividing the species here or sounding like a Neanderthal, but I think it's even worse when a woman asks the question. Yeah, um, both me and my mum felt the same. She was really, really upset about it last night. And, and then we, I was messaging you and I rang her and I said, will I or won't I? I said, I'm, I'm just afraid, you know, that this will spiral. And I'm, I mean, like I said, we're desperate to get out of our home. We're really miserable. We've been living in this place since COVID started and can't get out. Um, so, like, even at that, I was afraid to come on air if I did get that call for a viewing. But do I want to stoop to that level with someone to actually say well, it's okay and still I, move in? I, listen, I don't know whether you will get the call or not, but I do appreciate taking the risk and coming on air. I'd like to know what other people think of it. The hunt continues for you. Yeah. Um, if by any stretch of the imagination, I might get a call from a, somebody with a property that might like to talk to you, I'll get back to you. Is that okay? That'd be great. Thank okay. you. All right, Alice. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what do you make of that, guys? Asking a woman, are you pregnant? I mean, you wouldn't do it in the workplace in an interview setting. Mind you, I probably wouldn't be surprised if I get texts from people or calls from people saying that they were asked in an interview, are you intending on having babies? Uh, listen, it's just been announced in the North that schools will shut for two weeks and pubs and restaurants in Northern Ireland will close for four weeks. The First Minister, Arlene Foster, has announced. We now have... Um, a difference on the island of Ireland between how we're handling COVID. I wonder how long that disparity will last. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. If I was refused HAP, then I'd sue the landlord since it's against the law. Another one, we're renting 10 years. And the last time we viewed over 10 houses before we finally got one, we are renting for 1300 a month and are both working. We can't get a mortgage because we don't have 20 grand saved. However, we have paid 96,000 renting overall. 
and never missed a payment. This country's a joke. Yeah, you really are trapped, aren't you? You can't get a mortgage because you can't save the 20 grand. You can't save the 20 grand because you're paying the rent, but you've paid nearly 100 grand in rent in the last 10 years. Oh my God, that's incredible. So uh, I think that some institutions now, don't they? Some lending institutions take your rental history as part of your credit and uh, your credit rating. And they I'm not saying they allow it against the mortgage, but they take it into consideration as to whether or not you could get a mortgage based on your rental history. Uh, I'm a landlord and I find the prices people are being charged well over the odds myself. But as I run it as a business, I would continue to push for top rates. I left school when I was 15, worked my ass off, and now at 40... I have a number of properties let out. I work hard for what I have and I also enjoyed the benefits it brings me. Tell the renters, have a bit of drive in life. Get out and work for what you have. Our system is busting at the seams with all of the scroungers taking what they can from it. May I also add, I pay the top rate of tax, says Jim. And so you should. Uh, The more you earn, the more you should pay. I think the top rate is... Very, very high in this country, but that's as much to do with the size of the country as anything else. Like in others, like look at the size of the United States of America. I think their top rate of taxes in 30 odd percent, but that's where we're at. But those that can afford to pay the most should pay the most. And I think you agree with me there, Jim. Um, it's a very broad sweeping statement to say our system is bursting at the seams with all the scroungers taking what they can from it. Um, there are a proportion of people that are scroungers, of course, and that needs to be drilled into all of the time. But there are many people that need help. Um, and I think it's also a very sweeping statement to say uh, that you work hard for what you have, in fairness to you. But renters have a bit of drive in life and get out and work. A lot of them are They're working their asses off, you know. Um, it is a business. I accept that. And you say you will continue to push for the top rates. But surely, be to God, there should be some more control on it. Like, you know, profit is profit, but at what expense or at what price? I lost my job last year and I did apply for HAP. I first had to join the housing list, which took four months. Then I had to apply for HAP again for a private house. And as of last Friday, I have still heard nothing. I then received a text to say that my landlord had not sent in the relevant documents. So my housing application that had taken 18 months must now start all over again with no guarantee that the landlord will send it in again. Come back to me with a bit more information on that. It's kind of a bit vague. We're a Cork family with two adults and two children recently relocated back to Ireland and to Cork. We're trying to rent in the general Douglas area as our children are back in the same school as before we left. I wonder why you left and came back. But Maybe that's the story for another day. We have not been able to get considered for any for a house lease in Cork. We are in short-term accommodation and about to move to another short-term place that we were lucky to get at the last minute, which obviously is not ideal for the children and just generally wanting to get on with our normal life. We are not unhappy. We are working. We have years of excellent local rental references along with the usual work references. Even our last landlord is asking around for us to try and help us, which shows how happy she was with us. We've applied for everything. Even the extremely overpriced housing of up to sixteen fifty a month, we get nothing back. Yet some are still advertised, so they still have not been let. We've only been accepted to view one house in Douglas, and I could only describe it as a disgrace. Previous tenants destroyed it inside. The estate agent's words, not mine. They destroyed it. The radiators are rusted out. Every surface is damaged. Fungus is growing out of the shower. 
They didn't even have the house clean before viewing. When I asked the estate agent, was it going to be fixed up a bit? They said, no, it's being let as is. Then they had the neck to question me about my ability to pay and to tell me that I must look after the property in the garden. Obviously, that would be exactly what we would normally do, but this place needs refurbishment and not looking after. I think that's extraordinary that, um, you know, they would let a property not having um, done a refurb on it or not having sorted out or even cleaned it. Uh, Anyway, back to the email. I asked if we could repaint it, if we could fix the damaged surfaces, the broken gate, remove the rubble in the garden uh, to try and fix it up. We were told the landlord said no. We still said we wanted it because we're completely stuck, but I've still heard nothing back. We are grateful for the short-term let we've currently found, but I do not see why a normal family working that ticks all the correct boxes as renters who are willing to pay the high prices and have nowhere to permanently live at the moment are being ignored. If any landlord listening wants responsible, respectful tenants that really look after properties they rent and have never missed a payment, never broken anything, never damaged anything, then please, Neil, pass on our information to them. Yeah, you're all of that, and you're a lot more besides. You also said that you would do the repair work yourself, to which the landlord said no. But desperate and all as you are, you would still take the property. I know what you mean. Anyway, if I do hear anything back, I will pass on the information to you. Back to the phone lines. Claire, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so uh, COPD, emphysema, on a nebulizer, loads and loads of medication, and she's still smoking. Uh, it's costing her about €150 Euro a week. You wanted to pick up on that? Yeah, I wonder, has has she ever tried um, Champix, or would that be an option for her? Is this the tablet or the gum, or what? It's a tablet that you get from the doctor. Now, it's, it's quite expensive, and I know some people can't take it because of their complications or their medical issues, but, but that might be an option for her. I found it quite good. I mean, I took it, and within three months, I just didn't want to smoke anymore. Do you lose the urge, is it? You lose Or, or you smoke yeah. and it's disgusting, which? You smoke with it. You take it for three months, but you can smoke each day. But the point at the start is that you set a date in your head to stop smoking so on that day I just stopped smoking three months later I just stopped smoking whatever it does it just takes away the urge to stop smoking and were you a heavy smoker? I would smoke I suppose at the time maybe 15-20 cigarettes a day every day yeah yeah and it was quite expensive so that was an incentive for me to give up as well I think I paid maybe over 300 euro at the time for the tablets okay and that's a prescription is it it's a prescription that you get now maybe she 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 might not be able to take them because of all her complications I presume a doctor would have might have suggested that to her if she was able I think she would be able to take it she has a lot more complications continuing to smoke yeah, yeah. Now, I know the, um, some people have bad reports about it, like they feel sick or they have sleep disturbance. But what I did was I always had something to eat before I took a tablet. And then at night, when I took a night one, I take it a few hours before I'd actually go to bed so that it's well in my system before I try and go to sleep, you know. And after a period of time, do you stop taking Champix? Ch- is it Champix? You, it's Champix. Because okay. I know of people um, that took up the gum, you know. And years later, yeah. they've never smoked a cigarette and they're still addicted to the gum. No, this is amazing. Like, I could I could, I could, could sit next to somebody at a party and they could be smoking and I could, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's just, it's, it's really weird the way your brain just triggers it. It is weird because you you've just, never had any kind of trigger points or anything like that. 
No, nothing. Absolutely. On the day I went to the shop and I bought 20 cigarettes and I came back, I lit a cigarette and I just went, oh, that doesn't taste nice. And 15 years later, I haven't smoked since. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, good. Yeah, yeah. and your health and your lungs and your ability to oh, exercise. It, it was brilliant. Like even for my daughter, my daughter at the time was two years of age and she would have seen me smoking all the time. And it was just brilliant that I could stop for her as well. She know, doesn't know she that you ever seen. smoked, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that she didn't see her mom smoking. Because that, that, that's all I used to do, was go out the back garden and have a cigarette, go out the back garden and have a cigarette, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, could you imagine yeah, 14 so, euro a packet of cigarettes? I, I, I don't know how people pay it. I just, it's I don't just, know how people pay it. just goes it. to show how strong the addiction is. Yeah, yeah, and she sounds really sad, you know. It's something that she trying to give up and everything's not working for her and so maybe it's an option do you know Fair play to you much obliged for taking yeah. the call C-H-A-M-P is that on that's a medical card is a medical card free? Um, you see it's free on medical card but obviously um, some people have to pay Gotcha okay prescription yeah. from the doctor alright Thank thanks you. for that Joan good Bye morning then. Joan I'll tell you what, I'll take a, hang in there. I'll come back after the break. It's all right. We can get our act together. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Day three of your opportunity to win a large bespoke abstract art piece custom created by the international artist Chris O'Hara. You can check out his art at chrisoharaart.com. Uh, a little bit of fun with this. Day three. Now, today, I don't know the piece, the famous artist, and I don't know the famous painting. So I'm going to be guessing along with you guys. You need to name the artist and the painting to get into Friday's draw. It'll be a beautiful piece of art. You can find a place at home for it um, in your home. So um, we will uh, give it a spin now. So I'm hearing it for the first time. So this piece of audio should give all of us, me and you, clues as to who the famous artist is and the famous painting as well. Let's have a listen together. Okay, so we have a woman crying and a theme tune of a famous movie, I think. Am I right? Am I in the right general area, the gist of it? Hang on. What's that film? What's that film? I could be all wrong, but I'm picking up... I'm like a psychic here. I'm picking up a movie and a woman crying. Guys, I hope you're a lot smarter than me out there because I'm stumped on that one. That wouldn't be hard, though. Anyway, I'll play another spin just before midday and we'll open the phone lines then around about 10 to midday and you need to identify the artist and the painting to get into Friday's draw. Good luck with that. That's what I can say on that. Joan, good morning. Any better? Hi. There you, you are. Me? Yes. So this is, yet again, more groups gathering. What did you witness? It's just that I've been shown um, on camera that there's a group you know Harvey Normans on Sale Road? Yeah. There's a laneway there and there's about 60 to 80 of them. And they drink there on Saturday evenings and then they go to Toker Woods. Now, I don't know where Toker Woods is, but I've been told you go up by Centra off the roundabout and there's some laneway up the top of the hill and bring into the woods. So you haven't seen it, but you've seen photographs or videos, is it? I've seen a video, yes. Okay. And describe that. What do you see in the video? Just gatherings, drinking, no masks. And the person that showed me thought it was hilarious. 
I was gobsmacked. I told them they can get into a lot of trouble. I'm saying with that crowd, if one of them got it, it could go up to 160, double, triple. They could bring it into their school, back to their families, and I'm just concerned. A lot of people like myself are doing their best to avoid getting the COVID, and it's the likes of these are going to bring it back. Well, you are. And how old would you say they are? 17, 18. Okay. And and the drink is is visible there, yeah. Yes. It's so yes. The, it is it is a drinking party. Yes. Yes. At the weekends, is it? On Saturdays, yes. Right. Where are they getting the money for it? I often wonder. You know, I mean, alcohol is cheap now. I suppose you can buy it by the I box if you're they're cheap. They're buying in. bottles or nagging or liters of vodka between three or four of them, and I say that's the way they're doing it. They seem to have no problem with money wise. Yeah. It's just a disgrace, really. I'm just frightened and I'm scared. It's just that. Like, we should be very concerned about that kind of carry-on at any yeah. time. But, you know, yeah. it doesn't... It wouldn't be right 12 months ago to be doing that, never mind now, you know? No, exactly. And that's why I said I want to go on the air because I just want people to be aware of it. And hopefully the adults of those kids might be listening and maybe they might say something. And because they know it's on the air, it might stop them. Who knows? I who, don't know. Who knows? I mean, how many of the parents know what's going on? Surely some of them must know. They must smell it. Yes, yes. I don't know. It's just crazy. I've been to the guards myself about it. And... Did they see know. it? Did they say they know of it by the lane by Harvey Normans? Are they aware well, of it? They told me before that they saw people drinking there. But I don't know if they were aware of it the last few weeks. So they're aware now. And I told them also about Toker Woods. Yeah, you got to wonder why people bother when this carry-on is going on, you know. Why would exactly. you bother? And, and the amount you of know, people... They just have no respect. You know, it's just, even just one out of that group. If one get it, God only knows, it double, triple. Do you know? I know bring I know. it to schools, bring it to their families. Do you know, yeah. and that's what I'm scared of. And the age profile of those that are testing positive uh, is getting younger and younger now. Yes, yes. I know they have nothing to do. It's just like everybody. Like people, couples, they work hard. They want to go out and have a drink in a pub and socialise, but that's all stopped. Do you know? And they just have to do the same, really. Too many young people are drinking too young anyway. They are, yes, definitely. And the the conditions in which they're drinking and the places that they're drinking, that's not the place to have a drink. No, no, no. You know, I uh, just said I'm grateful that you took the phone call and just okay. to let you know, and Thanks hopefully it might help a bit. I don't know. I don't know whether it makes any difference, but listen. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the air. All the same, appreciate and it. Thank Thanks, you. Much Take care. People doing their best to avoid it, and groups like that who just don't care. Uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We're talking about. We get onto this actually talking about the price of uh, the packet of fags going up to 14 euro in the budget. There are people who are so addicted to cigarettes that they would chase the price of a fag box to 20 and maybe higher. Also, it probably means, I guess there are still smuggled and um, uh, black market cigarettes still available, aren't there? There was for a long, long time and I imagine there still is at considerably cheaper prices than what you're paying across the shop counter and maybe that will force more people now to get uh, the smuggled Cigarettes, as opposed to buying the legit where the tax and excise is paid. But anyway, Dave, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you keeping? So she was taking, is it Champax? Champax. Yeah, Champax. Yeah. That's the man, yeah. yeah. I, and she, and she's off myself. fags now. She's off in 15 years. How'd you get on with it? I found it awful, Neil. 
I was on a different brand 10 years ago and I managed to stay off the cigarettes for six months. This January, I went back to the doctor like I do. Right, this year I'm giving up cigarettes. They're too expensive. Hang on a second, you were off them. Why did you go back? I was off them six months, Neil, but, you know, um, the stress of life gets to you. And, you know, in a moment of stupidity, will you have a fag? Sure, I will indeed. And it's it's like something in your brain clicks. Like, I suppose, like the alcoholic who takes a pint. Oh, listen, I saw a very, very sad tweet there last night from a girl over in Limerick. Um, Superwoman, I'm sure, with lots of friends and getting huge support. And she is just totally disgusted with herself. She was 39 days um, off the drink. Uh, and she, uh, I think it was maybe last night, uh, she she drank. And she's just, she's in an awful state over it. She's I can imagine state. so. And, and, you know, this is, this is what happens with the smoker. Like, you're out with your friends, you know, and uh, like with the smoking ban, you know, all of a sudden you're left there minding 10 pints while your 10 friends are outside smoking you know so you know I started going back out went back on the cigarettes anyway stupid me but this January I went into the doctor and he was like Champax is the man for you they're the ones who get you because these tablets were found out about in the 90s they were testing all these medications on the US soldiers that were going over to Kuwait and Iraq for chemical you know we'll give you these tablets for chemical warfare and they noticed that the tablets weren't doing anything to defeat all these chemicals and stuff that they were going to come up against. But they noticed that the platoons went off cigarettes. Oh my God. Mostly platoons. So then this medical company said, right, we'll get into this. If you saw the list of things, one in five will suffer this, one in ten will suffer this, one, I'm not joking, the instruction booklet that comes with the cigarettes. If anything goes No, the instruction booklet that comes with the Champex. The Champex, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, you, you know, anything that could or will happen to you is a possibility on these tablets. Yeah, but you can say that about any medication that you take if you actually read the bottle or the box. Oh, yeah, but like if you read a box of aspirin or norfin or something, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a hundred thousand, these are like one in five, one in ten, one in twenty, so anything. And as well, as I was saying to um, your um, person there on the phone, I was on them for a month and I was depressed. Now, after three weeks, I was beginning to lose the will to smoke. But as I said, like I, I was, I was very bad, Neil. I was, I was feeling like you know, like I've suffered from depression once before in my life, and that's what it was. And I, I said it to the doctor. I was like, Doctor, man, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really, really low. Oh yeah, that'll happen with them. All right, just power on. And I was like, What? Me take these for four or five months, and you want me to power on? And it's like you know. So as I said, I'd happily, well, I've been happily spending thirteen euros a week on cigarettes at the moment. Fourteen euros, probably the breaking point, but. I'm just saying, you know, Champex is a great thing if it works for you, but it doesn't work for everyone. And did it say as a warning on the box that some people may suffer depression or mood change? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As I said, with that little thing, you know, one in five, one in ten, one in twenty. I'm not joking, Neil. It goes on. You know, when you pull out a packet of aspirin, the package just folds it up on the top. This thing was stapled together with all the things. And, and the thing is, like, as the lady before, you know, she was willing to pay it's like 65 70 euros a month you yeah, know, know. No, if you're if you're spending if you're spending not on cigarettes a week well of course you know it's going to work out cheap. oh no it's so worth it if you stop but it, 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 yeah, exactly it, but you got to yeah. weigh up the side effects with this well that's it for me so like you know i've worked out that you know campex isn't the one for me now if there's other tablets that do the same thing maybe there's one of them there that won't cause those side effects for me but you know i'm just saying Unfortunately, not everyone can take these. And when you stopped then, did the depression and the darkness lift? 
yeah, when I when I went off the tablets within the space of about four or five days, I began to feel normal again. But then, on top of that, then the want for cigarettes started coming back again. And what what, they, what was it like? Like when you say you got very very depressed. In what way? Did you end up worrying about things? Were you anxious? Were you agitated? Were you paranoid? Yeah. You're, back in January, this coronavirus was over in China. I was getting worried about it back then. Well, if it's in China, it'll be over here in no time. Like, you know, I'm like, no, obviously, you know, who's to say hindsight, you know, we're right here. Like, but I was getting worried about all different things, Neil, like, you know, stupid things like, you know, well, if it's in China, it's going to be in North Korea, you know, and all the, you know, your brain, you know, you know, when you get these weird depressed anxiety, paranoid things that like, just go on your head. Yeah. I was off the tablets a week and I felt back to myself. I was like, what was I thinking about last year? So what's the plan now to what's try again? Now? Yeah, try again, try, try again. I've, I'm looking at the Alan Carr book, How to Stop Smoking. I've read it a dozen times, so I'll read it one more time. If that doesn't work, I'm just going to have to try. You know, some people are, you know, the patches work for them. Some people the gums, some people the spray. Some people take Champex. It's just you have to find what works for you. Uh, that's what my belief is. I know friends who would go out on a Saturday night, they'd smoke 20 cigarettes, and then they wouldn't touch one again until the next night. Do you ever try a vape? I got a vape there about a year, year and a half ago, and I was a very, very light smoker. But I, I ended up using the vape a lot more than I'd ever even use smoke a fag. Do you ever try that? I tried the vape, and um, maybe to my detriment, I went to researching about vapes afterwards. Yeah, and you know the metal thing that you get the vape out of. If that the coil, um, the coil, yeah. If that isn't made of proper metal, you could be inhaling whatever that is into your lungs. And that is actually more dangerous to you than the tar that's in the cigarette. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate that. Thanks <laughs> a lot. There's a guy Dan. in America, and he was a wrestler in high school, everything like that. Started vaping. Eight months later, he's got the lungs of a 75-year-old. He doesn't he want them. Cheap, he bought a cheap vape off Wish or eBay or whatever it was, and it's after messing up his lungs. Good luck on the journey, boy. Good luck on the journey. All right. Thanks, Neil. Cheers, kid. Take care. Well. Lisa, good morning. How are you, Neil? Champax. I wouldn't... I, I don't know, like your last caller said, not for everyone. Depression. I, he had depression. What was it with you? Yeah, depression, anxiety, terrible, terrible nightmares. Um, then... What I kind of nightmares? What kind of nightmares? Do you know something? I had an awful nightmare last night. I dreamt that myself and my wife were in a hotel in Kerry. Right when we couldn't That's go across. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was all to do with what am I doing here? Why did I cross the border? How am I going to get back without being caught? <laughs> nightmare. It's like <laughs> it's not quite a nightmare, but anyway, you just reminded me of it. But anyway, yeah, back to you. Go on. These nightmares now were very graphic. They were absolutely terrible. Um, they'd kind of keep it even during the day. You're thinking about it all day. Um, like I said, the anxiety, the darkness. The other caller was talking about. But the reason I didn't smoke in the Champex is because I felt sick all the time. Nauseous, um, headaches. Now, I kept it up for the three months because I was determined. Um, and after the three months, I gave them up, but I still felt sick. I still had the nightmares. I still had everything for a few weeks afterwards. And I ended up just, I went back in the cigarettes. Um, I wouldn't recommend. My dad would try the Champex as well, and he got the same reaction I did. Now, both my dad and I are off now seven and a half, coming on eight years. So how did you do it? Uh, my dad went with the vape. I tr- I went on the patches and the gum. And then I, after about, I'd say I was off in about a year and a half, off the patches, off the gum, everything. And the urge was so great that I did take up the vape. Now, I have the vape with the last, which is seven years, six years. 
and it's never out of my hand. That's the problem, you see. Never out of my hand. And I know in years to come, they're probably going to say the vape is worse. But at the moment, it suits me. It'll do me for a while. But uh, no, the Champix, I did an awful reaction to them. Um, do you Do you know, do you know I'm just thinking out loud? Because from time to time, I see the odd box of fags knocking around the place there. And the photographs on them are horrific. Do they encourage people when they look I at the photo? So. No. I don't think so. You think, it, think, you think they would, though, when you see open throats and sores and But you know what, before operations. you get the box of cigarettes, you know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, but you, you, you go now, to the shop to buy them, and you know, like... No, but if you think that people would be do. sitting down with the fag box, taking a cigarette out, and seeing the photograph of somebody's body with bits missing out of it. You see, I think people that are going to pick up the fag box are going to not ignore them photos because they're picking up a cigarette box because they're addicted to it's them. It's hard to miss the photographs, though. I mean, yeah. You don't know, yeah. have the sexy boxes anymore that you used to have. Yeah, the I mean, like a purple, like a purple box. Fairly graphic, like, and yeah. and and, but you've you've done it and replaced it with with uh, with the vape, and well, well done on that. With the vape, I'm yeah. eight, so I seven and a half, eight years off. And then and the nightmares. What was that? What what were the nightmares? Like, were people chasing they were, you? Or they were they... violent, just violent, very very violent and gory. They were absolutely terrible. Why does your brain do that? I wonder. Create these, I, I, whatever. These I think maybe whatever is detoxing from your body. Do you know, maybe. Well, why does your brain create like, these stories? Like maybe, or just I think that whatever maybe was in the Champex, I don't know. But um, I'd have I'd look into them a lot more before I take. I'd never again touch them. The minute I heard them mentioned this morning, and it's great that they worked for that girl. I would just no way that I felt so sick for so long. I, I say about a year because I was on them for took the Champex for about three months. But it was like as if the side effects lasted for a while. Go away. And they're gone now. Clearly all gone now. You know. All gone now, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't touch Feel them. free to hold on there, Lisa, because you might want to come back in a second after Paul. Paul, good morning. Yeah. Hello, Neil. How are you? Good. Do you want to pick up on all of these calls? Did you... Yeah, exactly what Lisa was saying there about the Champix. I wouldn't advise anybody to take them. I know, but we can't say that now because that's not fair on the company that make them and those that have actually benefited from them. But clearly, yeah. obviously, there's medical advice needed. But what, what we would be okay about saying on this is yeah. just beware of side effects. Thank you. Go ahead. There's a list of side effects, everything from an itch to suicidal tendencies and everything in between. I crashed my car over them, blood vision, everything for a while. Um... Nightmares, jeez, nightmares used to make Stephen King look like Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs> I crazy. love cork humour. Still <laughs> <laughs> crazy, but um, no, I, I got down the end, but not natural champix. I ended up throwing away the box halfway through. But um, I tried everything, in the, you know, everything from uh, the gum to the the acupuncture in the air, hypnotherapy, the Alan Carr book. Everything, but what I did come to the realization in the end is that if you don't want to stop smoking, there's no magic cure. If you don't want to stop, there's nothing going to work. But yeah. if you really, really do want to stop, anything at all will work. And the penny dropped at me four years ago, and I haven't smoked a cigarette since. And what was that occasion when that penny dropped? I nearly died, <laughs> basically. When you crashed, was it? I know that the, the crash was, and I was taking the Champix about eight years ago, but I, I was just really sick with a really bad chest infection, and something came over me. I didn't know I was getting a heart attack or a panic attack or an asthma attack or all three, and that was the day. I still remember it, the 21st of May 2016, and that was the day I said, I'm never going to smoke again, and I didn't. 
Because the medics told you the reason that you're as sick as you no, are is I just, because I just knew myself, you know. I I just knew, like I was a, I was a dead man walking from. I couldn't I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk thirty feet without being out of breath, you know. Yeah, um, but, you you said that you wrote your car off with because of blurred yeah, vision. I didn't write it off, but I crashed into a wall. Yeah. Um, but like, how do you know that the tablets had anything to do with the blurred vision? Because I don't I don't suffer from blurred vision. You well, know, how do you know? Did you get your eyes tested? No, I have perfect. I get my eyes tested uh, you know, fairly often for the job I'm in, but no, it was just that time. There was other things that I could associate with it as well. It okay. And you say that when you talk of suicidal tendencies, did you yeah. read that on the box or did you say you suffered with suicidal tendencies? No, depression. No, well, I wouldn't say depression, but really bad thoughts, you know, feeling down and feeling depressed. Okay. And I'm normally not that type of person, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know what you're saying. It was too too many coincidences not to be those, you know, because I don't take any other medication at the time, you know. So it, it was definitely down to do. And then when I investigated a bit, you know, all these things, like you know, you know, it all added up, you know. Nightmares, everything. Jeez, nightmares. Jeez, man, like crazy nightmares. You'd be afraid to go to sleep tonight. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I was, you know, horrific things like, and it, you know, everybody dreams and everybody has a nightmare every now and again. I suppose, but these were like night after night, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't, I won't drill into it because of, no, I don't, you know. But I, I've spoken to other people who are on very heavy medication for various things. Some of them would be antidepressants, and others well, would be well, for I, other I, uh, elderly conditions. And they're, and they're, they're yeah. awful nightmares, awful nightmares. Yeah, well, it, you know, it, well, I couldn't put it down to anything else, so I had to, you know. It, it I couldn't either. Like, that's the only thing I was honest with. Yeah, that's the thing. If you could say it was this or that, but I know for a fact that it was like, and okay. it wasn't anything else. But regarding, can I just can I just say one thing? I know the lady was on this morning. My heart breaks for her because my mother's in the exact same situation, and there's 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 no talking to her. But and it breaks my heart. But like I remember when I was giving him up. Now I was in a much better situation because I was younger. Do you know, I think people use them. Now, it's like a friend. If you're standing at the bus stop and you're on your own, do you know what I mean? You're just standing there and no one to chat to, waiting for a bus. Like, you pull your friend out of the box. Do you know, it's it's company for a lot of people. But I just do think that you're waiting and waiting for the miracle cure. I'll give them up now when this happens. I'll give them up when that happens. But, like, just think this time next year you could be off in a year. And I know it's easy for me to say I'm often, but I mean, it, it wasn't easy. No, but you have to be ready, I think, as well. That's you important have thing. to be ready. And if you're just waiting for somebody um, just to give you this miracle miracle cure, this Champex, fantastic, they've worked for people. But when you think of it, if they were all so fantastic, Champex was so fantastic, there'd be nobody smoking. Okay. So okay. everyone's going to find different side effects with different things. You need you to know, work, you need to work on your mother now, Lisa. Not a hope, Neil. <laughs> Tried everything. I just, it's just... I don't know. But sure, if someone's happy with their few fags and they're doing all right, and you know, I've said that. Now she's 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 not doing all right with them, but um, all right, okay, yeah, okay. I catch up in the end, Neil. But come here, Paul. You just went cold turkey, was it? No, I picked up a vape. Okay, two vapes. I tell, you know, I tell you now, people, you know, say oh, the vapes are worse than the cigarettes. But in my experience, the people who say that are smokers. Are smokers? I find yeah, that. Yeah. I, I can tell you now. When I smoked, I couldn't walk thirty feet. 
and I'm just back there now after walking seven miles. I walk every day. I walk seven, eight miles every day. No problem. Okay, well, you, you win hands down when you say something like that. You win hands down. Yeah. Okay. Cheers, lads. I don't know who owns the dog there. Go feed him or her, Paul and Lisa. This all started, actually, by me wondering how far would people travel for the price of a fag. And uh, also, we were talking earlier on this morning as to whether uh, if you were, someone was suggesting that people need to sign uh, a waiver if they don't wear masks, that in the event of them getting sick, they won't get hospital treatment. And I said, well, what about somebody who smokes? Maybe they shouldn't be treated in hospitals either because it's self-inflicted. That's how we moved on to that. Now, uh, of course, we spoke earlier this morning about the budget and there's lots of texts from people who are talking about, you know, real life situations as to how their life won't be improving with regards to any kind of a budget or this giveaway budget from yesterday. But Emma Hill was out and about on Patrick Street and also on Merchants Key this morning, the Merchants Key Shopping Centre and on Patrick Street, socially distancing and doing all the right things, asking the public about their reaction to yesterday's budget announcement. Have a listen to this. I think it's very commendable to what they had to do. Um, the budget in terms of alcohol and things, I think it will look favourable on the situation that um, I suppose, you know, given that, you know, childcare wasn't really touched all that much, um, um, you know, the diesel hike um, will probably hurt a lot of people. The road tax as well. Um, but I suppose they have to make up their budget um, and that's, I suppose, reality what little pinches we have to do in this time. I didn't actually take much notice of the budget because apparently yes, it was going to be all bad news anyway. So I just literally have enough problems with the COVID and everything else. So I'm from the Midwest, so the supports they give to Shannon and Cork Airport are going to be huge. Try and keep um, all the American multinationals happy and try and keep the uh, farm direct investment coming into the Midwest. Personally, I think they're doing a good for health and things like that way, you know, but for the old days pensioners and things, they didn't do anything really realistically. Like, it's going to cost me, we'll say, more money with uh, driving a car and things like that, you know. But other than that, it was a reasonably good budget for, for the country, like, you know, and, and but I mean, what's going to happen? We're going to have another lockdown by the looks of things around the country, so. I mean, that's going to put more pressure on, on what's happening at the moment. I thought it was interesting that they're going to be giving students €250. Euro. It, it is a shame because, like, obviously, like, colleges aren't reducing their fees this year, even though everything is online. But um, at least there is something being given back to students. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really have anything to say because of the fact that we actually didn't benefit at all from it, to tell you the truth. I, I've lost interest in it now over that. And that's being honest about it. It's cost me, but I've got nothing out of it. Nothing. I'm unemployed. I'm in the hospitality trade at the moment after I'm spending all my life in it. I think they did the best they could really under the circumstances with Brexit and the pandemic. They really didn't have much choice. Um, I agree with the fact that they didn't restore the 350 for everybody because there were some people who were only working part-time and earning a lot less than 200 a week before the, before the pandemic. Now they needed to put all the money they're putting into health because we really don't know what's coming down the track. Things could get a lot worse before they get better. I felt it wasn't too bad actually. I thought it was fair enough you know, I mean, uh, it was a shame that the the old age pension didn't go up. That that was obviously a big concern. Childcare, that that was a shame. But uh, overall, I, I thought it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I, I think I kind of built it up that it would be. 
quite a, a, a good hike just due to obviously the economy is not in the best place right now with the COVID and everything. I was happy enough with it. I mean, I know I'm sure a lot of people are very disappointed, but I guess maybe just at my age, it just kind of suited me quite well. Where I was looking was it didn't do anything for first-time buyers who want to buy a second-hand house. Um, there was nothing done there for those people. I think in the circumstances, they've probably done the best they can. Don't think it makes a huge difference to the average person at the moment. It's people on the unemployment assistance, I suppose, that are getting support. You know, I don't benefit, but I don't lose really either from it, I don't think. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Okay, have you got that on the screen there where you had people come back and say that they had properties available? Thanks for that. Let me have a look at it first before we go back to calls. We've received offers of two family homes on the north side. We've been offered a two-bed and a three-bed um, so I have two properties now, two family homes. One is a two-bed and one is a three-bed. Now, um, I was talking with Alice on the air there who was asked if she was pregnant by a landlord. Um, I don't know what position, situation you're in right now um, with regards to um, uh, a two-bed because I know that one of the emails that I read out earlier on this morning uh, was an email from a Cork family, two adults and two children, recently relocated back to Ireland, trying to rent in the General Douglas areas. Our children are back in the same school as before, not being able to get considered for any house in Cork, um, even though they were willing to do an awful lot of work on the house. Remember that email that they were asked, could they do it up? Could they fix the damaged surfaces, the gate broken, remove all the junk and everything? And they were told no. So maybe one of these houses might well uh, suit you. Um I'm not. I'm not so sure what Alice's situation is. Let me find out, Alice. Uh, hang on a second. Sorry, no. As nobody, I know you said uh, we'll try and get her back there. And let me. Let me. Might see if we can ask. But there is a property here. I don't know if it was actually sued, Alice, or not. So we'll find out. We have a three bed and a two bed, and we'll see if we can work that out. Uh, if it doesn't suit, or if it's too small, then uh, I'll have a look at some of the other emails that I have here. Let me just get to get to line four uh, and see where we go with this. Eilish. I- I- Hello. Okay. Um, it's funny now. Where the price of fags went up to fourteen euro. Will that act as a motivator now for people to quit? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, both me and my partner smoke, right? And we smoke soup kings. Okay. And last night we had the discussion that they have to go. Simple as that. Because, as they, you know, with COVID and everything, we're on short time and not working properly and we just you know it's a huge tax right so uh, about two years ago I bought a vape right and I was really good on it I was down to about three cigarettes a day you know and so I have decided and I was talking to Mac there a while ago and I asked him could I mention what I use in my vape yes Um, you know what I'm going to say do you you, oh, uh, I knew, I knew, I knew you were using CBD oil, but you're putting CBD it in the, oil. In, yeah. the in the vape. In, in the vape, and it's just so relaxing and everything. And then you can get, for example, right, uh, soup kings we smoke, and you can get the same flavor in in the vape if you want to, right? So I am on my last box of cigarettes today. No, I just, I have just to be very clear on this now for, with regards to people's health. Um, the CBD oil that you're, that you're putting in the vape, has it been manufactured for that? Yes. So this Absolutely. is, this is vaping CBD oil? Yes. 
It is, yes. I bought it from a, a very... Okay, no, okay. Right. A place in Vermont. Okay, yeah. so, but it it is for vaping. It's not another CBD oil product that you are... No, no, it's for vaping. Well, thank Absolutely. you. I just need to be careful because yeah. otherwise, yeah, otherwise we could be risking people's health. Right. No, no, it's lovely. And, you know, it's not even... It's just relaxing. It's um, it's an alternative meal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, my partner now, tomorrow, he's going to call in to the safe shop in Fomoy and get his vape. And we're going to just quit. Have to. Because I said to Mark there, I tried Champix years ago and upset my stomach, everything. I couldn't stick it. It was horrible, like, you know. And I think it's the time now to make a decision and we have done it and we're going to do it. And, um, and how have you been, how, have you started yet? I have. Yeah, I'm finishing my last box of eggs. I have one cigarette left. And that's it. I'm going up town soon. I'll do a bit of shopping. And I'd always buy 20 cigarettes, but I'm not going to buy them today. Okay. And how many would you normally smoke a day, say, without About using... 20. Okay. About 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris, same. Yeah, both of us. You how many is left in the box now? One, is it? One. Right. So why don't, you just, why don't you just forget about that one? Or is this, or is there going to be a big ceremony? There's not going to be no big ceremony. I'm not a drama queen, like... You're just going to smoke know. it? No, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I must go up town now in a minute and get my few bits from that's, the Well, that's, that's what I was asking you. You're now finished. You're not even going to finish the box? No. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, well... Um, yeah, I, I, like I would recommend, it's called Dynamic CBD Oil, and it's totally safe. Ah, uh, no, I don't think you can, I'm not so sure you can say that anymore now. That's okay. That's they ain't okay. nothing, okay. they ain't nothing totally safe anymore. Everything comes yeah. with warnings and comes with risk and, you know, okay, there's okay. the jury's okay. out on vapes. But we're talking about for you, this is what you are doing personal to you. Good luck with it. Be nice to check in with you or even send me a quick text tomorrow and another one on Friday and another one next Monday. Let me know how you're mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's about it, Um Yeah, I'm just, you know, we've I've tried so many times like a lot of people have done and now is the time because, you know, our health matters. We have to be healthy. Good for you. And the other thing I wanted to just quick mention there, Neil, if you don't mind, that Linus fella, don't ever again put him on the air. Why is that? Because he is set, he is so, so, what would I say? Well, don't say anything overly nasty that'll get yourself into trouble. It's just that his no, no, point... No. He's defiant, defiant, totally defiant, like, you know? And it was like, last week, Neil, I was in a little shop, a local little shop, right? And I was putting my messages through the till. And there was a young little boy, and I know him very well from being in there. And maybe in his 20s or whatever. And I had all my messages put through and I had my card out ready to tap. And there was a man, a big tall man, was standing not even two metres away from me. He was blocking my way to pay, you know, to tap. And he was giving the young fella desperate grief over... um, he said, he's, uh, why are people not wearing masks? And the young fella said, so we can't, you know, we can't uh, dictate to people. Yeah. He said, why don't you call the guard? Yeah. 
and I was listening in on and I was getting more crossed by the minute and the young boy said we don't have the authority to do that and he kept giving him stick so finally the little young fella turned around to me and he said did you tap your card I said I can't because he's in my way I said he's standing in front of the machine and he's not two metres away like you know so I said would you mind just moving back please so he did and I tapped and I put my messages into my bag and all the rest of it and I just said bye I said have a lovely evening I said you have a lot of S-H-I-T-E to put up <laughs> and did your man say anything the man who was giving your man he gave me that meal like I was and I fucking gave him <laughs> that <thing. laughs> All right, I love you and leave you. Fair play to you. Um, well, apart from the F-bomb, but we'll leave it at that. Lines will stay open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 106 Text 0868104106. This is the audio piece to get into Friday's draw for the piece of uh, custom abstract art, custom creative for you by chrisohara.com. chrisoharaart.com. So the audio should tell you who the artist and the painting is. Have a listen. Hang on a second. We'll act together. All right, should work now. What is that movie anyway? One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.